Forest Park can be an unpredictable city. Affluency doesn't mitigate its problems. In some ways, it amplifies them. This is why we're deployed. seen better days. Then why are we just now debriefing? This mission is not complete. I only know of her. Data collection is a problem. Valdez, I'm aware of your investigative talents. Braxwell spoke highly of you, and that's why you're on this team. Local law enforcement handles itself very well. But there are those with abilities. Some believe themselves to be good. Others don't even attempt to act as if they are. Either way, we're involved. Not everyone will agree with our status. That can be said for anything. May I remind you both, we're Alpha Core, and failure is not what we do. The following program is rated TVMAL. It contains strong language and is intended only for mature audiences.
we haven't got Gary with the board. <laughs> Apparently, we have an audience of goblins dying. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> lock, uh, lock balls. Uh, lock balls. Lock balls. Uh, hi, everyone. Welcome to the real BBC. I'm your host this week. Shouldn't be, but I am. Uh, as from Hill versus Babyface, Gary has uh, got planes, trains, and automobile issues. Uh, so he's unable to join us today. But uh, we have a stellar cast. Uh, so that's going to be okay by me. Uh, so before we introduce them, uh, you know him. You love him. He's a Cthulhu god jumping between dimensions. Molly, Molly, how you doing? I love you. Oh, you know, good, good. I'm, I'm good. I watched this awesome movie in the cinemas uh, from oh. the Marvel Studios. It's uh, really achievement. It really goes to show how far they've come. And uh, mm. I guess apparently some people are going to want us to maybe talk about it a little bit today. That's going to be fun. Okay, we can talk about it. What's it called? Uh, I think it was, it's called cool. it was The Killer from Dave Fincher. Yeah, I'm just watching talking about that. There was that other movie that pooped out called The Marvels. I don't know if anyone wants to talk about that. <laughs> I thought it was called The Literal Death of Captain Marvel. If only, mate. Nothing can kill her. Not even Big Hammer. <laughs> oh, I, I, I know. The box office seems to be doing a pretty good <laughs> job. Box, Captain Marvel versus the box office. Is that the yeah. third movie? <laughs> How dare you easily defeat me? See, that's, that's the obvious South Park joke. They make a villain, like a superhero thing called the box office or something. It's right there. Writes Million itself. Idea. Yeah. Writes itself. I did a video behind the scenes today. I've got to edit it and put it up with Paul Chato. And uh, there was an idea that was floated around of a show that just writes itself. There was an idea. Mm. But it would never get made. No. Because of the studio system today. Speaking of the studio system, we, we might be having a little bit of a chat about a studio system, maybe a little bit of a Netflix studio system. Uh, but we got a couple of absolute uh, legends uh, of the comic book industry returning and uh, very, very welcome to return as well is just absolute Batman God, uh, Dead Man God, uh, and now Dracula, the Impaler God. Yes. Uh, Kelly Jones. Kelly, welcome back to the show. Thank dude. you. Yes, it's a pleasure to be here. Good to see you, Mahler. Hello. <laughs> Did you see the Marvels? No, I haven't seen it. Oh, how unfortunate. No. I was busy drawing Dracula. <laughs> well, I guess you could spend your time that way. If it's you're... a lame excuse. But <laughs> I don't think you could hand that into a teacher and get away with it. That's no. all I'm saying, Kelly. Mm. I thought you would be front and center with your little pink pussy hat on. And uh, and cheering on those wonderful heroes. I don't, I don't know. I I didn't. Uh, I didn't even know it had come out until everyone started talking about it. So that's really weird because yeah. I don't think a lot of people know. Yeah. you by the box office. Yeah, that's what everyone's talking about is the box. Nobody's <laughs> talking about the actual film. It's the only interesting thing to talk about about the film <laughs> because the film has the same plot as Spaceballs. Hey man, that's yeah. a we go. yeah, and making an appearance first time on the show, another comic book legend. We are talking big ass writer here, Grendel. And I got hello, hello, Batman Grendel. Yes, yeah, yeah. I got my back. Big, big Batman boy, <laughs> big Batman boy. Uh, so that that's what that was actually my first introduction to you and the writer of the uh Dracula. 
Kickstarter, which is pinned in the comment section, fans. So if you hear anything that you like today, you're interested in what we show you, because we'll be showing you the trailer and all that. Uh, please do support the campaign. There's only three days left, I think. Two. Yep. Mm -hmm. Two. And because yep. you're an American and we're British, you just swore at us. But uh, that's <laughs> Same to you, Matt. Same to you, mate. What, what is that in British? Uh... Yeah, what is that? Right. Do you know the history? I'll tell you the law of this. Do you... Right. That means fuck off in the uk yeah. oh, right yeah. and the know. reason the reason it's this i mean you do that in the us the reason yeah. it's this is it goes all the way back to archers on the battlefield because uh when archers were captured uh they would have their their draw fingers cut off oh so this so is alliance i can still pull archers, my yeah That's archers good. would taunt yeah the yeah. The, the opposition by showing them that they had their their draw because obviously when the when the arrows come in it's uh it's good night yeah. how they would taunt they would that's great so that's the actual history folks the law of and why if you got that. all the drawing fingers this cut way off, you your feet you know is this way the winston churchill is this way yeah. right yes that's the v for yeah. victory yeah, victory. yeah. yeah. Okay. all right <laughs> and also the writer of dracula matt wagner matt welcome to the show hi everybody thanks for having us quick ass do the goblin sounds <laughs> god how does dsp even talk <laughs> uh matt first question big question what's your favorite part of item no never mind uh yeah. matt did you see the marvels no, I am. Uh, I'm. I'm pretty much uh, one of those that ever, ever since the pandemic, I have not been to a theater. Yeah. I just lost the habit, and I just don't. There's almost nothing that I give a shit enough about to want to go see it fresh like that. I'm content to wait. Yeah. Um, I have a nice big screen at home and a good sound system, and you know, I like the ability to get up and piss whenever I want and eat whatever I want, and yeah. just that freedom. So I, I literally don't give a fuck whether I see something right away or not. Yeah. I don't care what it is. You know? yeah. Wait, wait, I will amend that. I went to see the last voyage of the Demeter because that was homework for Dragon. Yes, it was. <laughs> okay, okay, now that's that's hey, that's fair enough. Um, well, if you got up for a piss in the Marvels, when you got back, the, it might have finished because it was quite a short film. 88 <laughs> minutes an hour. Yeah. How Wait, it's only 80 it? minutes? 88. Wow. That's uh, the actual wow. runtime of the film. Uh, it was over two you... hours on the first screener, mm. but it got immediately thrown into the editing bay. Uh, and wow. then they cut about 20 minutes off. It's about The first one was about two hours, 20 minutes. Uh. And then they, they cut it down to about an hour 45, an hour 50. And then it was thrown back into the editing bay. And then the final screener was 88 minutes. And having gone seen it, that's the one that we clearly got. Well, I will say, I think most films should aim at more like 90 minutes. I think it's, yeah. a, it's a much Amen. tighter format. Yeah. Um, you know, my, my dear friend, uh, Tim Sale, the dearly departed Tim oh. Sale, always used to say... Uh, any film in the world's great for the first 20 minutes and almost all of them suck for the last 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. Yeah. Sticking that landing, it's uh yeah, it's, it's hard, been a yeah. problem for a long time. Yeah. Yes, it is. Uh, well, John Wick, especially but... the problem with the superhero uh, films is there's a certain sameness to the actions, you know. There's mm -hmm. only so many energy beams you can see, there's only so many punches <laughs> into buildings you can see before it's just all the same fucking shit over and over and again, you know. Yeah, got it. You got to Yeah, you got to get something different. You got to do something a little I bit. I mean, I'm far more interested to see uh, uh, Fincher's uh, The Killer that Mahler mm. was talking about there. And the strange thing about The Killer is, 
in almost none of the uh, PR about the film is it mentioned that it's based on a graphic novel, a French yeah. graphic novel. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know that until after I'd seen it. Yeah, yeah, which I loved. I thought it was terrific, beautifully drawn. I, I didn't I, know that. The artist's name is the same. I heard of that. Gorgeous, I didn't know that. Gorgeously drawn, hmm. and, and, and a real nice read too. Has the same, uh, from what I've read about, read about the the film, has the same sort of, uh, um, kind of dry approach to this character's uh, 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 profession and how he enacts uh, mm -hmm. his hits. You know. I need to see that. I need to see that. I, I'm actually, from what I've heard, it's rather interestingly, from what I've heard about the killer, there's sort of the things that people have said are maybe negative. I'm sort of taking those and thinking, no, this sounds good. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm sort of really liking what you're telling me here about yeah. very slow, slow build up, goes through the yeah. whole process. You know, it's kind of really detailed about what, how he does this and what. And I'm just like, it sounds great. You know, uh, this this is the kind of, there's, there's too much straight into to bollocks at times and not enough showing the process yeah because i mean um, you know that whole you know you got to grab them in the first 10 minutes mm -hmm. all right again that too how many times have we seen you know is there not something some cleverer way to intrigue people than uh just grabbing them by the nuts right out of the gate you know i like i like a hook i like i like a just a you know a little tease a little hook Let, let's yeah, see let's yeah. see where it goes yeah. Yeah. You know, some some of the films lend itself to other stuff. I mean, I love my John Wick, but John Wick, the first John Wick, one hour, 36 minutes. Yeah, yeah. tidy. That's, yep. mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, and it's just perfect because mm -hmm. it just gets the pacing right, everything right, every beat right. And I'm just like, that's that's what we need, an hour and, an hour and 36 minutes. One of my favorite films of all time, Beverly Hills Cop. Um, mm. I'm mentioning it because I actually got managed to get a GIF out of it today because somebody said, name a movie you've seen more than seven times in a GIF. Had to be Beverly Hills Cop for me. Again, it's just a little bit over ninety minutes. I was going to say, is that only ninety minutes? Oh, great. Yeah, it's, 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 it's not. Yeah, not much. Not much well, longer than that. To, they don't know how to ask the right questions at the beginning of movies anymore. They don't know how to bring you in by asking a question. They want to show you an answer, and and so at that point, um, they have to almost backtrack then to start the movie again, like. Uh, yeah, and again, if you're grabbing people like that, then what do you, yeah. you know, with that with that bombastic intro, what do you build up to? Yeah. You know, again, you know, more punches into buildings, more energy blasts. I really quite like the way you put that, by the way, like in terms of hooks, because I was just thinking, when's the last film out of all of them that sort of did that? I was thinking like, oh, yeah, remember Infinity Wars, like opening, where you just have a guy who beats up Hulk, kills Loki, mm. destroys the Asgardian ship, and he's coming for Earth? It's like, there you go. That's nice and simple. Then you compare it to the Marvels, where it's like a lady in a distant part of the galaxy on a moon has picked up a bangle. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't even know what, 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 what am I supposed to do with that? Like, well, I think also you had to know a lot of the streaming shows to understand what was going on. From what what I understand too, as as someone who's seen all of them, yeah. it makes it, it even worse. Well, I, I would I would say you remember how the Infinity Stones were very specifically set up in different films, different Infinity Stone, different film. Yeah. So they were saying, these are the Infinity Stones. This is what they do. This is why it's so big. That's why if you combine them to the gauntlet, it's going to be such a huge, massive thing. What is a negaband to a to a, uh, to a a regular person? What is it? You honestly, what does the it do? not even clear What's if you've seen, power? If you've seen it, Ms. You know, Marvel I, I would say here, too, uh, this is... It's kind of the one of the things that's... Uh, this uh, insularness is kind of the problem with comics too. 
you know, mm-hmm. in that, mm-hmm. you know, you're supposed to know way more than, you know, when, just remember when you were a kid picking up a comic, you didn't know everything about every fucking little character stretching on to the beginning mm-hmm. and end of time. You know, you, it was styled to, to just entice you right then and there, you know, and yeah. uh, I don't know. I think I think everybody's oh, kind of. You see, and I, I have to contribute that to uh, just the the fact that uh, these these huge corporate universes are just too self congratulatory, you know. Mm. Instead of focusing on just telling a story, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, comics are it's a niche field, you know. It's yeah. a, it's a niche yeah. field, and uh, when you're dealing with niche fields, particularly when you're going into you know geekdom, nerdum, or whatever you want to call it, um. We don't need to know everything immediately. And one of the beauties about about comics is wherever you pick up, you know, probably I'm going to stop around 2010. Uh, but wherever you pick up a, a, a comic and you enjoy the the comic, you enjoy the hook of it. Who is this character? You know, what drives them? What motivates them? Who are the characters that surround them? It, it, it pushes. It lends itself to going back, mm-hmm. going back, mm-hmm. getting more. Mm-hmm. And then going back and getting more of that character branches out into the the other characters in those universes, worlds, etc. But that's because it's focused towards that sort of person, yeah. that person who who's so inclined. But you take that and then you put it to the normie and you try and corporatize it. It doesn't work. Yeah, it's funny you should mention that because a number of years ago, uh, so uh, Legendary Entertainment did a uh, mm-hmm. uh, a brief. Uh, uh, a brief foray into comics uh, with legendary comics. And I, I wrote uh, a big, long, my, my big, long forget forgotten invisible epic that I did with Simon fucking Bisley, yeah. uh, almost 800 pages of material. Nobody's ever wow. read it practically. Damn. Um, but I turned in the first issue script and uh, they, they flew me down to Burbank to talk about it because they had notes on it and they had given it to a movie reader to do the notes. And of course they were all completely fucking wrong for a comic audience, you know, and yeah. I had to tell them, Look, you got this wrong. This isn't a stupid movie audience that needs everything over-explained to them. The comic people are more like television viewers in that they will they will dig out that minutia and they yes. love figuring things out from tiny little hints, you know. Yes. And uh, I will say to their credit, I, I argued them out of it. They backed off. So. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. 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 I mean, comics like tv and film it's a visual medium for the most part you know it's, it's there's a lot of visuals on the page great writing a well, lot of visuals on the page too. it's a physical yeah. thing you can oh, go find the other issues yeah yeah yep mm-hmm. that's that's why I, I i am not a believer in digital great they're great if you're on the you know if you're on the road or you need something to to use for material but the, you know something like this is never going to be replaced for, yeah, for, yeah. for your proper comic fan you need the tactility of it. You need that tactile oh, aspect, totally flicking yeah. through, touching yep. it, feeling it, reading it, closing it, bagging it, boarding it, push, put into into sequence. You know the I, whole. I would even say smelling it. There's a certain oh, smell. Yeah. To there is a, <laughs> the use. I mean, before they you know changed it all modern, you know modernized it with all the modern stuff. But when you were picking up the the more paper esque ones, yeah, yeah. and you you taking out the bat, and it's like. Oh yeah, there was definitely a, a a whole process yeah uh to that which which isn't there and and you know you even with great writers you'll see plenty of times that they'll just let the artist move the story. You don't have to say anything here. You don't have to say now I'm walking through here because I'm looking for a thing. No, you've as the writer already set up what he's doing where they're going so the the artist can then 
like with Batman, is you know some of the best things about like Jim Starlin was really good with Batman. Uh, well, the, the he, thing he about just... comics is uh, 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 every every element you're talking about there needs to be in, in simpatico, you know, in, in harmony with each other. Yes. There's yes. an old famous quote from Edgar Allan Poe that in a short story, every word has to tell. Mm-hmm. And in comics, I always find it's the same. All the comics I try and work on, whether I'm writing for somebody like Kelly or doing my own thing, is that you can't get the whole story just from the visuals. You can't get the whole experience just from the script. None of it really comes to vibrant life without the color. And of course, the lettering needs to add an aural element. Yes. Somebody described to me one time that com- uh, comic book lettering needs to be the opposite of children. It needs to be heard and not seen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. and the best comic book lettering does that. It just kind of disappears on the page and, and forms a, a narrative in your mind, you know. Absolutely. But all Absolutely. of those need to add up to, you know, a whole that's greater than the sum of its parts. And the best comics do that, you know. One, 100%. Well, and also you you uh you can't be afraid of an auteur with this stuff you have to that's where the change comes from that's where you bring in interest and outside interest at at that um is what drew me to initially liking matt was matt was his own guy when i was reading books in 80 and he stood out in a time of standouts so so when he came over to do Batman. Um, and I've told him this many times, it looked like he invented Batman, which I really respected that because, um, the company was trusting him to do this. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it brought in new people and it made people also trust a company to do that. And so when you're talking these films, they don't do that. They'll say they, uh, something about an auteur and they are afraid of an auteur. So for every, uh, uh, you know, Dune, you get what you get now, where, where you, you, a Marvels. Yeah. Well, uh, and, and you can go on even it, it, I think, um, you finally get, you, you'll tire out an audience that begins to know the tropes before they're presented. And what people want is to not know the tropes. They want right. to know. You know, right. As a creator, I've always considered it my job. I have to take my audience somewhere they don't expect. Yes. Yeah. They know yeah, where, yeah. If you know where I'm taking them, I've I've fucking failed, you know? Yeah. And yeah. and they they will get complacent and they won't be entertained and they won't be intrigued, you know. Yeah. And you, that's our job as storytellers to, to entertain and intrigue. Yeah, you never want your audience ahead of you. If yeah. your audience is ahead of you, that you you have you definitely failed. Uh and and as a you know, looking back at TV. Let's use TV for example. Back in the day, you could you could get an idea about how the beats were going to go, but one of the beauties is is sometimes just how where it actually genuinely took you to get there. Yeah, uh, and and that that was the really interesting part. Now we we are so far ahead of these films because they're not well written. They're so poorly written and basically written. They're either wasting your time and you sat there like nothing's going on nothing of con you won't say nothing of course we're talking nothing of consequence it's you know busy doing nothing but we know exactly the, the beats but the beats play out exactly how we think as, they as will you're expecting yeah yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's it's so predictable uh, and I, uh, I would mention that they write them too fast you know um, and too many people too many people together writing well, that, that too that's you know? yes. look when i don't know what to do i just add blood 
That's it's as simple as that. When you're, when you're not sure, more blood and it works and, for you, dude. Yeah, it's just, um, but no, there's a way to do this, and it's trust yourself. You know what you want. We know what we want. We know what we look for. Uh, I don't want to be someone sitting in judgment all the time saying uh, this is good and this isn't. But I do want to sit in judgment of saying this is entertaining and this is not. Yes. Um, and and simply put, it does. Uh, working with, for example, working with Matt was, I know, for example, Dracula inside out and backwards or thought I did until he started talking about it. And then he said what he wanted to do. And then I said, this is all brand new to me. It's mm -hmm. Dracula. He's mm -hmm. not changed it, but it's different. And that, that in and of itself is exciting, not just to create it. I, you can that that's just the professional side of it to if i'm entertained by it i know other people are, are entertained by it so to divorce yourself yourself uh from that for any other objective uh in terms of how you put out a film or whatever you, you guys are talking about now with film means there's people there who don't care about this stuff mm -hmm. or it doesn't make sense to them or it's uh, or they trivialize these things is not important. Um, as Matt says, these beginnings, these 10 minute explosive beginnings without really asking a question. Um, audiences want to be challenged. Yeah. And uh, not not uh, ambiguity is not a thing to be afraid of. Yeah. You know, being clever is nothing to be afraid of. I mean, the person who put Colombo as an example, Colombo shows you the murder shows you the process of the murder right at the start. And Columbo was obviously different in its day because it was the first time to do the reverse on the who done it. Mm -hmm. It was like, we know who done it. We know exactly how we, they did it. But how's Columbo going to work this out? Yeah. And so when you've, as the audience, have already seen how they did it and the process that was involved, it was how clever can we make this detective yeah. look in working it out and the that, that, to see him like a bloodhound sniffing his way little yes. by little to the to the well yeah. and what i meant it, what it is is that what the audience is then trying to be the detective and say well how what did i miss because it's all here mm -hmm. yes yeah, what did i miss and yeah. that's that's made the beginning interesting from yeah. that point yeah no, so look, yeah I, it, it, and it makes it but it's logical you know Col there was nothing illogical about colombo he didn't just pull something out of his ass yeah right, he, right. He, he, he was already he, there he was, yeah yeah it was always there and it's worked out in the little clues and the little hints and then he when he puts those little, and, and i think some of the best colombo episodes were the ones where it's like 20 minutes in and he'll go to the person ah, it's, i know it's you yeah <laughs> I, know, I know it's you i just need to find out how you did it yeah, and yeah, prove it yeah. but i know it's you and, and those were the ones that i liked the most yeah yeah sorry matt you're gonna you're gonna say something oh i was just gonna it, it pretty kind of in keeping with what you, you were talking about there the bits where he would go and by the way uh <sighs> he's he's not explaining to the characters he's explaining it to you at home yes you know? yes and uh and it just worked so well in that regard yeah uh it was uh colombo's still uh one of the greatest shows ever ever made uh, one of my favorite shows of all time and not adapted from a book not adapted nope. from something else created for the medium mm -hmm. to be everybody's interesting as a Perot or Holmes or any of those things mm -hmm. um 100% up there yeah. I mean he's sure. one of the greatest detectives of all time that deserves to be said in the same breath as a Poirot or a Holmes or 
Miss Marple or, or somebody. I, I find them still fascinating after all these years. So I watch it. I watch it nearly every week. I'll watch yeah. a, a Columbo episode. I don't know how many times I've seen them. Yeah. One of the watch TV shows I've ever ever. But I can go back and rewatch. I've got the box set. I just go back and rewatch the cigar box set. It's really cool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. It's just too. It's too good. Uh, it's just too good, and I love clever writing. You know, there's there's no no, no sort of um, arrogance about clever writing. Um, no. And some of the great stories behind Columbo, of course, was uh, he was just meant to be in a suit. He was just meant to be a regular detective in a suit. And uh, when they were filming it, uh, he said it needs something. His character needs needs just a little something. So he had brought his own raincoat to to the studio. So he got his own raincoat and put it on. And then that became, of course, and it's the same raincoat throughout the whole. Well, yeah, he, was just, yeah. he, he realizes he was just as irritating to his fellow officers and superiors as he was to the guys he was hunting. He was uh, a loner. He was his own yep. guy off and doing what he was doing. And he only because he was successful, did they not demote him or make him a traffic cop. So. Yeah, no guns. Didn't nope. didn't carry didn't carry a gun. Well, most detectives don't, and they and they didn't feel they needed it making the television show. That, they didn't that's need just that. It. Yeah, that's just it. It was it was more of a statement of we don't need to have you know a, a gunfight or anything to make this interesting. Well, there you know? were plenty yeah. of shows at the time doing that. Why be another one? You know. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, you when you set yourself apart, that's when you become noticed. Yeah. When you become generic, that's when you blend into everything. Yeah. That's why you need to have, like you said, there's too many voices. That's why you need to have a specific voice, uh, or, or you know, or a partnership of voices working in in unison together. But we, it's just a hodgepodge of of, of no, and, and it's why I wanted to work with Matt in a crowdfunding way because I didn't want all those. I just wanted Matt to write. and mm. not worry what a publisher or an editor or anybody else would say or any outside. Uh, chattering. I just yeah, we, wanted we jumped it. into this. I mean, we produced this whole first book on spec by ourselves, and it, it, believe me, we've been working on it for now for a couple of years. But mm. fucking killing us not to tell anybody about it, yeah. you know, just completely, especially because we were just so thrilled with the results. You know, Kelly would send me the, this art, and it was just so much better than I dared hope it would be. You oh. know, and and it was just everything was just coming together so well, and we're just like, we can't fucking tell anybody yet. <laughs> well, you're working, I'm working with Matt who knows what he's doing. I hope I know what I'm doing. The colorist, Jose, knows what he's doing. Rob, the letterer, knows what he's doing. So no one had to tell everyone what to do. Yeah, yeah, you know, good, we're just good. doing it. And and you make adjustments or uh, uh, focused points on what you want to do. But generally speaking, we're all just doing what we do. And um, there's no interference. And at mm. that point, if Matt Matt's correct, I was enjoying the results too. And at a certain point, you know you have something good because it's not it it's authentic, it's sincere, it's clearly one hundred percent what Matt wanted. Mm -hmm. um, it's uh you know uh, even if I'm thinking I missed something here or there, it's as close to as I can get to what I want on paper. Um, and at that point, you realize. This is the way it always was. This is the way I knew it. Um, uh, let's, uh, let's let's crank it back just a little bit to the to the, how the whole project began because I feel like we're kind of circling well, around it instead yeah. of. Uh... I'm I'm gonna show the trailer off now. Oh, okay. So okay. you know we've Won't been talking about the colors, the art, the writing. Let's yeah. just have a little look uh, yeah, at yeah, yeah. Uh, well, what we're discussing uh, we here. 
yeah. let's bring the audience in to, to give them something physical to, to see. Sure. sure. It is said that history is memory enshrined. Some might claim entomb, for history belongs to the bold, the victorious, those who are ravenous for power, no matter the cost. A craving I have manifested for centuries. I am such hunger incarnate. And this, the history that I have won against countless enemies and across a thousand blood-drenched battlefields. For I am the son of the dragon, Dracula. Bram Stoker's classic novel created arguably the most famous character in all of literature. Yet it leaves many aspects of Dracula's history and persona only hinted at, and thus incredibly intriguing and mysterious. This series of books will fill in these tantalizing gaps and provide a more complete and terrifying portrait of one of the most popular literary characters of all time. He had come to me with this great horror idea, stuff I had never thought of, never seen, and I love. Dracula. I love Vampire Boy. Our collaboration here is the culmination of our longtime friendship and an incredible synthesis of our two lengthy and accomplished careers in comics. The joy of working on it is absolutely on every page, every panel. This isn't yet another retelling of the novel in comics form. We're bringing you the never-before-told stories behind the story, the sinister tales hidden in the shadows of the original legend. The heart of Dracula, blood that flows in his veins. It's as much in telling a story as the blood he spills. And in this, he spills a lot. I'm not exaggerating when I say that this project is the magnum opus, everything we might have hoped it could be. This is the journey of my brutal life and bloody undeath down through the centuries. The story is never seen. To defeat the godless one must become godless. Dracula, Book One, The Impaler. Whoa, that's, that's fucking sells it. Yep. <laughs> that's a great trailer. And chat, before we uh, continue, I have pinned the link to the Kickstarter in the chat above. So if you click that link, that'll take you directly to there. Uh, currently on 210,000, which is spectacular. So very well done indeed. But there is only 58 hours to go. So this is Last Chance Saloon. And uh, for, for number one, so get in there, uh, get on this. I've definitely got on this. Uh, but it's also, um, I'm going to bring up the page as well, because you have, hold on. Making sure I'm logged out. Because um, you've actually added a little bit more. To the yes. uh, to the page itself, so uh, this will give you look at me, look at this. Hello, look at that. That is beautiful stuff. I mean, Kelly. Yeah, we added a tier of uh, some original sketches from uh, Kelly and I that you can add on to the purchase of the printed books themselves. That's our Kelly's standard cover yeah. by Kelly. That's my variant Your cover. cover. Yeah. Me. Oh my god, he's so good, man. Oh, Kelly, man. You know I love your stuff, but holy. Yeah, it is. It is. Ellie's just knocking it out of the fucking park here. Uh, I I love that. That, uh, that voiceover there on the uh, trailer is basically mm. that script. That's page one you're looking yes. at there. It's basically the script from page one. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, I, I was. Uh, I I imagine it would because uh, good word. I like the godless bit at the end as well. Yeah, uh, that was that was beautiful. That's from, that's from about halfway through the book. That's Ooh. the uh, limited uh, uh, edition, six hundred and sixty-six diabolical copies. Thirty-five <laughs> left. <laughs> There's only thirty-five of those left. By wow. the way, uh, it uh, it uh, has a uh, uh, red foil stamping there in the logo on the cover, and then a uh, a tip-in sheet that's uh, signed and numbered by both Kelly and I inside. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, I, I got me one of them. I got me one. I got me one of them. Uh, and then we uh, we also uh, again this uh, part of our approach here was to try and recreate the the comics that meant a lot to us when we were younger. You know, creepy, sure. eerie, heavy metal, such like that. Yeah, yeah, at yeah. that time, these uh, these artists' uh, portfolios were very popular, you know. So we did a, a set there of uh, um, seven plates from Kelly's black and white work in the book, and uh, they are uh, they're black and white, uh, so you get to see all of his magnificent line work. Mm. Uh, they are without the lettering, but each mm -hmm. one has a caption at the bottom that is taken from my script on that particular page, an evocative line of text to, to kind of describe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, How, what uh, what size are these? What they're size? eleven by seventeen. They're the size of the original artwork, and they come nice. in a uh, they come in a, a lovely uh, 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 envelope that has spot gloss printing on the front, and then they also have a uh, certificate uh, of authentic authentication mm -hmm. that's also signed and numbered by both Kelly and I. You might just talk me into another. Okay, uh, <laughs> so uh, comment section chat. The link is above. Uh, please, if you hear anything, see anything that you like today, boy, I've seen plenty. Uh, in the conversation, go click, go support. 58 hours left, just over two days, and then that's it. So, um, I, I gotta, I gotta ask a basic bitch question, but I think it's a basic bitch question that the chat would probably be quite interested in hearing. Uh, we've had Kelly, but I'm gonna go back to Kelly on this. Matt, what is your favorite adaptation apart from your own? Not allowed to say your own. Of Dracula, I don't have a favorite. That's why Ooh. I did my own. You know, there, okay. there's bits we love about all of them. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, and uh, we tried to take the parts we liked about all of them that uh, that we wanted to uh, bring to the table. The, our main our main goal was to stay uh, stay true to uh, Stoker's version. You know, anybody mm -hmm. who's yep. a fan of the novel knows that how magnetic a character Dracula is. And yet he's not in the novel very much. He's, he's present, you know, when uh, Jonathan Harker goes to Transylvania in the castle. Mm -hmm. And then once he comes to London, he's kind of off screen for almost all the action. And yet he still, as I said, is, uh, I consider him the most famous literary character of all time. You know, there are other famous literary characters, but none of them really have the global reach that that name and that image has. You know, almost every fucking culture on earth knows what you mean or has a version of they know what they mean when you mm. say Dracula. Um, yeah, so I mean, we wanted, uh, you know, we loved, uh, we loved the feral aspect of, uh, of Nosferatu. We love the uh, kind of ferocity of Christopher Lee. Mm -hmm. We love the kind of charm of Frank Langella. We love the kind of muscularity of uh, the Jack Palance version. I mean, on and on and on. But none of them truly hit the mark like we wanted ours to be, you know. Well, it left an opening. It left an opening because uh, for me, uh, I love Hammer films. I love the Hammer Draculas. Yeah. I, I will always I do too. Them. Yeah. Um, and, but I will concede they're not 
it's not Stoker's novel. It's aspects and pieces and bits, and it's uh, uh, but it's brilliantly directed and they're brilliantly. I, and as Matt says, had the best titles of movies ever, you know, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, Dracula Prince has Park risen from the grave. Who the fuck doesn't want to go see that? Movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta go see that. Um, so taste so the it, blood of Dracula. Yeah. I'm in. <laughs> and, but to Matt's credit, he always felt I should be colored really bright. And those movies are really bright. So it connected as soon as he said that to me, I went, yeah, I've got to, I've got to go for that because I love, uh, obviously Peter Cushing and oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And all those guys. And those films are bright. I mean, they were amazingly bright for the time. And, and even now when you watch them, you go, man, that they really cranked up the color in that. And that, you know, that we're talking here about cinematic versions of Dracula. Yeah. As you asked about our favorite versions, uh, you know, there are other literary versions as well. Yeah. About 10, 15 years ago, there was a really good book called the historian by one woman named uh, Elizabeth Kozva big long fat book and it's a real slow burn but it's a dracula book and it's really great um yeah. kelly was talking about uh uh recently telling me about a, a short story i didn't know about by uh the pulp writer manly wade wellman called the devil is not mocked yeah um uh i discovered this is a series of books that i saw all the time they were kind of ubiquitous on book stands when i was younger it's called the dracula horror series and they're these thin little 60s paperbacks and these are so fucking bizarre and cool and basically it's a crime fighting team you have one dude who is uh who is basically professor x he's uh, he's in a wheelchair and he has uh, telekinetic powers oh. his his assistant slash butler slash martial arts expert is yeah. this giant puerto rican guy <laughs> then they have this other member of the team who's an ancient werecat woman and the professor guy oh and i gotta describe how this works too the professor guy, <laughs> they, they find dracula's casket and to enlist dracula as their secret weapon in their fight against crime they take a, a, a they take the stake that he's been staked with they take it out they take a big shard of it mm -hmm. and the professor x dude operates on dracula and and inserts this shard right next to his heart and so anytime Dracula gets out of line, he telekinetically makes the, the splinter pierce his heart <laughs> and, and take him out of action. So he's constantly got him under the under the thumb, like, you know, you have to do what I say. Oh my God, and Dracula's course, Iron Man. trying to break out of this guy's control, <laughs> but he basically uses him as, as his nuclear weapon in their fight against crime. You know, when things have gone bad, he sends Dracula into the field and, and Dracula fucks everybody up. There were like 10 this or 12 of these books. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Robert Laurie, L O R Y. Uh, they yeah. are a blast. They're, they they're, are a blast. You know, they're not they're not highfalutin and they ain't high literature, but boy, they're fun yeah. page turners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yep. It's like Dracula narcolepsy, you know. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, there was no mention of the uh, Hugh Jackman Van Helsing Dracula. I just can't believe it. It's one of the most culturally influential takes on the character <laughs> i i i would say that my my last favorite dracula portrayal if it's in film was in um monster squad i like that dracula a lot um dunk uh duncan rieger i believe was the actor yes um, yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. yeah and he was a great dracula and he was wearing the whole lugosi outfit and mm -hmm. Uh, oh, but he was terrifying. I, it's oh. like he said, "Okay, we're going to take Lugosi, put in some Lee, and here you go," and it worked. I, hmm. uh, I I certainly won't claim it's perfect by any far stretch, but I I quite liked a lot of aspects of the uh, the three part uh, 
BDC series that was done by Mark Gaddis and uh, what's the other guy's name? The guys that did Sherlock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Moffat, uh, right? uh, uh, Moffat, Stephen Moffat. Stephen yeah. Moffat, exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, again, not not a perfect uh, rendition, but uh, full of a lot of creepy shit. And the guy that played him, Klaus Bong, uh, really brought like an ancient decadence. Like you really felt like this guy was just had been around for a long fucking time and was still mm. sharp as attack. You know, and was still malevolent as fuck every step of the way, and loved being a vampire. Yeah, loved, loved being a vampire. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the um, I think the most commercialized one is uh, is the Gary Oldman Dracula. Oh, yes, don't right. get me started. Buddy. No, no, no. This is exactly <laughs> what I'm like, it. Here this he goes it. again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is what I I am not a fan of that Dracula film. Neither, neither am I a fan of that portrayal. Uh, at all uh but i do want to poke the bear and get your thoughts on that <laughs> well okay uh it's a lo it's a real love hate relationship because uh you know right off the gate uh, they they said this is the most faithful ad adaptation ever it definitely is not it, <laughs> it it strikes a lot of the notes from the novel a lot you know all the characters are the right versions of their characters for the most part except fucking dracula Mm -hmm. um you know this whole thing about coppola was saying at the time it's not a horror novel it's a romance novel it absolutely is not a romance novel there's nothing romantic <laughs> in it at all dracula does not have any you know uh tender feelings towards mm -hmm. mina none of that shit uh at the same time i love coppola's cinema and his filmmaking sure. in that the fact that he distinctly said we're not going to use any cgi we're going to use all these old school techniques and models and drop behinds and all that stuff i think a lot of it just looks phenomenal in that regard yeah. i think hmm. the casting is absolute dog shit i think everybody's <laughs> fucking horrible in it wait a minute Oldman is horrible wait a minute. I think keanu is reeves in that come yeah. on keanu's terrible and winona's terrible your four main people are fucking awful and the very uh and the very most unforgivable thing is uh oldman is just not scary yeah. there's there's no he has two pretty good moments in the castle. The little, the bit where he licks off the blood off the razor, and the bit where he laughs at Harker going crazy after he's fed the baby to the brides. As soon as he gets to London, he's this fucking emo fop, you know, for like the rest of it. You know? And it's just like, ugh. there's a, a the one I really love to like rail about is there's a scene where uh harker's escaped the castle and mina rushes to his side in transylvania and they get married even though she's been having this affair with dracula and dracula's like in half beast form and there's literally just oceans of tears coming down his face and he's raging and and weeping and dracula does not fucking weep period <laughs> you know <laughs> no. ever no so you loved it 10 out of 10 yeah, out of 10. so you yeah. poked the bear and you got it man yeah. <laughs> what i wanted i got what i wanted <laughs> But again, lot, there's a lot to like about that movie, but the general, uh, the sum is the whole. Well, I always try. I always try to like it. It's like every once in a while, I pull it out and I say, "Okay, maybe it's changed." Maybe it'll be better than the last time I watched yeah. it. But never and fucking I is. <laughs> and because I love the, I love the score to it, and yep. Yep. I love how it looks. Yep. Uh, there's hmm. so many great things about it, and and I like the people generally who. In their careers, I like their careers. So you, you. Oh, I love Gary Oldman. I just think he's horribly miscast. Yeah, I, I yeah. love Gary Oldman. Uh, I love Coppola. Clearly, love Coppola. But, um, it's just it's every time I I find myself realizing that Young Kelly was right. 
30 some odd years ago when he saw that. I was disappointed, you know? One thing, one disappointing thing I love to point out is the final casting for Dracula himself came down to Oldman or Gabriel Byrne. And Gabriel Byrne was going through a shitty divorce at the time and couldn't leave L.A. Just imagine how much better that would have been with Gabriel Byrne as Dracula. You know, I call it the Ellen Bark, uh, the Ellen Barkin factor. He's getting divorced from Ellen Barkin. Yes, yeah. that is true. Um, I'll always hold her responsible for not getting a Gabriel Byrne Dracula. And uh, the studio is responsible for Keanu. Uh, 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 Winona Ryder was dating Johnny Depp at the time, and she wanted yes. him to play Harker. And he would have been much better as Harker. You know, he, he would have been a better Harker. Yeah. You know, yes. if not a perfect British accent, at least more passable than Keanu's, you know. <laughs> I mean, Wait, everyone makes fun saying, of him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I this never is, knew. I, I like that it's horrific. Yeah, it, kinda, it, it fades in and out. But even when he's doing it, it doesn't sound English, you know? But it's still um, like, dude, bro. Even when it's like, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, well, it's his greatest comedic role ever. To be fair to him, I find British actors can do American accents and I can't tell. I'm always shocked that, it, oh, that was a British actor. And you, Lori. Uh, uh, Kelly Riley in yeah. Yellowstone. I, yeah. I didn't know she was British until she gave an interview. But man, it is, you can't find Americans who can do it. I, you just know they're doing it. And right? Hopkins all over the fucking board portrayal of Van Helsing. You know, it's only after about the fifth or sixth disappointing time <laughs> of watching that film that I finally realized, I think you're supposed to assume that he's syphilitic yeah because in the very in the very first scene he's talking about syphilis and he's letting a bat bite his thumb as a demonstration to the operating theater that you he's, know you're uh, right he's... matt i i thought about that after you told me that and i think you're a hundred percent right that he's but spoke... it's not clear enough no it's not it clear enough to make clear any enough. fucking sense yeah yeah it's yeah. not clear but i yeah. think you're right that that he has that and that's yeah. supposed mm. to uh, give an explanation why he's bonkers half the time yeah and yeah <laughs> So yeah. what about Dracula Untold? Oh Jesus fucking don't get me started. <laughs> All right, so so here let, that let me let me let me uh fold that back into ours, you know. Um <clears throat> Dracula Untold again, too romantic. Um you know, uh grants Vlad uh too many uh, Vlad the human Vlad too many noble uh motivations, you know, saving his people and such. Um uh but one of the things when I approached our Dracula is that, you know, I'm, as I said, I'm dealing with, to my mind, the most famous literary character of all time and definitely the most famous vampire of all time. So I needed to come up with some extraordinary manner that he becomes a vampire. I can't just have him get bitten by another vampire. That's, yeah, yeah. that's fucking yeah. boring, you know? And, you know, even though in Dracula Untold, he goes and basically sacrifices himself to get the power to save his people. Um, you know, we take a similar approach with ours, but it doesn't it doesn't uh, it doesn't grant him that nobility that uh, that uh, Dracula Untold tries to. And there again, it just makes him kind of a simpering idiot after a while, you know. Well, Matt told me there's not going to be any romance in the Dracula I write. There'll be a hell of a lot of lust. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, there will be that, and but he's about himself. He's not about anybody else. And that was music to my ears because that's the Dracula I always think of is, uh, and and certainly a character that uh, would attract attention. I I like that Matt basically said we're dealing with the first supervillain. 
right? This mm -hmm. is the first one. And mm -hmm. he's going to be the focus. And it's not going to be to chastise him or anything. It's just tell his story. Matt is. And Matt, I have some experience with that. Yeah, a little <laughs> bit. A little bit. But it's not by. Matt just writes in this way. And it's why I love his scripts. And he's like going, hey, I'm not. This isn't me. I'm just telling you what happened. This is this is not uh, any bias for me. This is just mm. who he is. This is what it is. Um, and that makes for an uncomfortable, pleasant read because you don't know what you're going to get every page. You don't know what what where it's going. And in mm. sequences, um, it's, it's the approach I've always tried to take with Grendel. In yeah. that, you know, Grendel's a very violent book. It's a, you know, it's basically about people who use violence to solve their problems. Um, and I never tried to justify the violence, even in a character like Christine Spar, the second uh, uh, incarnation of the character. You know, she's basically trying to wreak revenge for the death of her child. And certainly that's a motivation almost anybody can get behind. Yeah, yeah. But yet I never tried to justify the violence. It, it always comes back and has its own cost on the wielder. Yeah. And, sure. yeah. uh, and, and too often, I think, in contemporary uh, uh popular fiction we we lose sight of that you know it, it's we want we want the the bad guy to re wreak their holy vengeance with no with no blowback well know? there's an odd and i'm not talking legal blowback i'm talking emotional to an ethics and morality in matt's dracula that i just adored because he doesn't see it right the, the dracula's not seeing it but he thinks uh what he's doing is is you know like uh, good. It's it's what's necessary. It's it's the it's right. Just what is? <laughs> yeah. And and there's no. Uh, and it just happens. It just there's no. Oh my god! Or just does it. And that's far more powerful. That's hmm. I think to an audience that's far more powerful. And it invites revisitation because you will come back to it. And and as your life, you know, one of the things I enjoy. Or when I reread something, and as I get older, it has it has a more sophisticated meaning. And that you look for a script like that, you look for a story like that. Um. Okay. Yeah. Um. Let's just flip this. Ask me what my favorite Dracula is. What's what's favorite Dracula? Tell us. Look, Please share. Um. Dracula, dead and loving it. Leslie Nielsen, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> did you uh, see? Did you see? Uh, I have not seen. Did you see Renfield? I have not seen Renfield. I no. No, I, I, I saw the trailer and I gotta say I saw the trailer and I ran. Yeah. <laughs> I ran in the opposite direction as fast as I can. Admittedly, yeah. not very fast. Friend of mine said I, all I'm, his I'm probably gonna solid. watch it eventually, but I, I felt like I didn't need it being no. so firmly enmeshed as I am in uh, yeah. in a non-comedic Dracula. Yeah. 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 I look, uh what is it? Um we live in the shadows, we work in the shadows, whatever it is. What we do the, in the shadows, yeah. Yeah, what we do in the shadows. I think that's a very good film. I haven't seen the show, but I th I do enjoy the film. Dude, I it's think unbelievable it... that they are able to take that one fucking joke premise and stretch <laughs> yes. it that far. You yes. keep thinking they've gotta they've gotta bleed destroy. No, yeah, total pun intended. Yeah. This is this has <laughs> gotta run out soon, and it never does. Yeah, the yeah. show is magnificent. It, it is, is, it? It is oh, absolutely okay. fantastic. Yeah. I just saw. So the, I just, just saw the film. Just keep taking you in new directions. You are never counting on. Um, oh man, I just can't rant about the show enough. Yeah, it, it, it's fantastic. I agree. Yep, I agree. It's not, yeah, it's nice to have those those little uh, 
the little, little twist. I mean, I was I was brought up on uh, Hammer Horror, you yep. know. Um, yeah. That that did they uh, run and, those on television a lot? As when oh yeah 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 big okay. time big time. I mean, could, you know, to, if you mention Dracula, it, it's it's Christopher Lee and you know Peter Cushing. That yep. that was both of them. It was mm -hmm. uh, Van Helsing versus Dracula. Uh, and Hammer Films was such a massive staple here in the UK. Yeah. And, and, and you know, even, they were 20, 30 years, you know, 20 odd plus years removed from when I was a kid. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So, so to have them still be so popular uh, and still have, you know, plenty of, uh, I, plenty would of replay it, value. I would say it's more popular now because of access. I hear, I see them more now. Mm. and hear about them more now and there's more books written about them and magazines on that uh and so the legs of it uh, kind of are surprising to me but i'm glad i mean yeah I love it. Oh, you yeah, know yeah, yeah. We, kelly and i were talking about uh the fact that you know when we were young there wasn't even vhs yet right yeah. so mm. to see stuff you had to like pour through the tv guide at the beginning of every week and mark off the shit that you were going to make sure you were there for Mm -hmm. And uh, that's why that I mentioned that Jack Palance uh, version because that was uh, that was produced by Dan Curtis who did uh, Dark Shadows, and so he was a real heavy hitter in the world of TV horror at the time. He also produced uh, the Night Stalker, yeah. and both the Night Stalker and the Jack Palance uh, adaptation of Dracula had a script by Richard Matheson, who of yeah. course wrote I Am Legend. You know, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are significant to us because it was on in prime time. You didn't have to wait. You know, it was like there's going to be a Dracula movie on a Thursday. Damn, I'm there. You know. Yeah, yeah. It became an event. It became an event, and these things yep. burned. And also, the great thing, Matt, was a lot of my friends weren't allowed to watch it. So I always, had, <laughs> I was allowed to tell them. I in just telling them the plots, they would have nightmares. You know, that yeah, was yeah, great. But yeah. you said something about you know, there's no love. There's going to be plenty of lust, but there's no love. Right. And of course, there was a whole genre of of uh, hammer or or horror, vampiric horror, you know, uh, lust of the vampire. This yeah, all that. I just I just finished watching all those the Karnstein yeah. trilogy you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, 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 and 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 they they were, you know, they were what they were. They were they, it was titillation, yep, but it was yep. it was titillation yep. with with the horror vibe. But it was lost, you know. That yeah, it, yeah. there wasn't there wasn't love stories there. No, it, it was doing, always built around were, the premise. They were doing rather than Stoker, they were doing Le Fanu. So mm. they were going to do that. They were trying to change it up. One of my all time favorites is Vampire Circus, which is just this odd haunted circus with mm. vampires in it um, to get revenge. And it was Hammer towards the end was coming up with some great stuff like that, that really inventive. Um, Captain Cronus was another one of this vampire hunter. Um, and then and I wish he would have taken off as a series. That would have been Yeah, great. that was the intent. Yeah. Well, the guy did the Avengers, Brian Clements, I believe. Yeah. He, he yeah. wrote the Avengers and invented the Avengers and and that kind of stuff. But I did like a lot of the, the uh, on the way out hammer to me has become just as fun. And I was telling Kelly, I just watched uh, Daughters of Darkness, which is a, a 1971 film by a Belgian filmmaker. That's uh, part oh. of the, part of that same uh, lesbian vampire. Uh, yeah, is, is that uh, the two sisters? Is that yeah. the two? Uh, no? Si yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it's about a pair of newlyweds who, uh, pair of newlyweds who kind of get stuck at this hotel. They're on their way. Uh, they miss the ferry to England, and and they're kind of they kind of eloped. So he's yeah. kind of reticent to tell his mother that he got married and then this vampire woman and her her vampire slave uh, girl show up at the hotel as well and it just becomes this 
kind of metaphor of faded decadence and yeah. Uh, yeah. you know the hotel's empty and spooky and and a lot of uh a lot of erotic betrayal and uh i thought it was really quite good i like yeah, it, it was. better than the karnstein stuff yeah mm. and, there's, yeah, and there's actually one that's quite good that came out maybe about 10 years ago by uh i believe her name is anastasia or alexandra cassavetes john cassavetes daughter and she wanted to do an early 70s kind of a vampire film and it's called mm -hmm. kiss of the damned and it is quite good um and it yeah and i it, looked at i had not heard of that either last time you mentioned that i looked it up immediately yeah, yeah. i gotta find that track that down yeah it, it's hmm. it's a pretty pretty good film um speaking of pussy <laughs> <laughs> hello that's sherman hello sherman doesn't want to be on tv Wow, <laughs> vocal Sherman. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's it's it, you know, uh, I, I I get where you're coming from, Matt, when you say Dracula's, you know, in your eyes, the most popular literary uh, figure because of where you look, where that's taken the whole the whole expansion of vampires and and the genres that they have now, you know, moved into. Uh, you know, with Frank, you got Frankenstein's monster. Let's just get it correct. Frankenstein's monster behind you. You know, Frank, when when Frankenstein's monsters used, it's very rarely, very rarely used in anything but horror. You know, you'll get maybe an offshoot of comedy, but it's it's you know, uh, but everything else is more kind of horror centric. Sure, well, the monsters, the monsters is you know that's that's Frankenstein. Monsters, Adam's family. Yeah. You know, you know they're kind of offshoots, but. Even them and themselves, both of those, uh, the Adams family, you know, the monsters did have the, you know, you know, clearly did have the, um, Frankenstein the, the Frankenstein's monster yeah, character, yeah. whereas uh, the other one had the lurch, which was you could say, you know, similar. Yeah, uh, but they were they they were originated uh, late fifties, early sixties, the pair of them. So really, there hasn't been that much of a involvement. Young Frankenstein, of course, uh, you know, Mel Brooks and all that, uh, great stuff. But Sherlock Holmes again, very rarely is like the 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 legend of Holmes been comedic. Uh, there's only been like a couple of there's been a couple, yeah, yeah, yeah. Private life of or, Sherlock Holmes, yeah, yeah. Or, or pushed off into other genres, mm -hmm. which is weird because I think Sherlock Holmes lends itself to horror, absolutely yeah. lends itself to horror. But but the whole vampire that go that's gone on. You know, you've got comedy, you've got erotica, you know, you've got the horror, uh, you've got this. You know, even like. More kind of grounded detective. -y. You've uh, got a muppet. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> One, yeah, it's permeated into so much. Yeah, like I said, yeah. you know, you've got this horror character, which is a Sesame Street puppet. Yeah, um, Chocula. Yeah, Chocula. Although there's Frankenberry as well. So and Frankenberry. But the Blackula, uh, black exploitation, black exploitation, Blackula. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that, that this is what I mean about how how uh deeply ingrained it is in the in the zeitgeist you know mm. it, it is it is uh it, it's an it's an archetype more than a character now yes and uh, the uh vampire. people people forget yeah. the original character you know yeah, yeah, well, yeah that's what that's what i liked is that that matt uh when we were banging around names we that you, all the good names were taken and then matt just called me up one day and says the impaler and it yeah. gets right back to Vlad himself. Vlad the Impaler, yeah. And each, uh, so I, I can't remember when we spoke about this. This, is, of course, is the first of our plan. We're doing four of these. Yeah. 
And each of them will be the something. We're not revealing that yet, but each of them yeah. the okay. next will be Dracula the blank, you know, Dracula yeah. the yeah, blank. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, uh, Kelly, I know um, Kelly's great at using his covers to create little stories in itself. Yeah. Uh, so I, I can see, I can see a progression there about how you would, yeah. you would play with that and how that would uh, work. But I have a very important question, legit as well, not bullshitting. And Maul is probably going to appreciate this. Uh, you got to do, you got to do this, the clashing. Okay, so who wins in a fight? Van Helsing, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Who wins? Oh, he does. Yeah. Yeah. He's just smarter. He's yeah, just he's smarter. Good. Yeah. Mola. Like, Mola. I don't know what you were expecting my answer to be, but I feel like Van Helsing's got the upper hand because he's got all the tools, the yeah. weaponry. Like she's got Ooh. she's I'm afraid we would have already usually... researched her. She has, she has youth on her side, but yeah. uh, we would have researched it all. And... Wait, unlike Van Helsing lives and breathes hunting these monsters. She's yeah. doing it while getting through high school and college yeah. and yeah. trying to yeah. maintain a job. She's like spider And periods. <laughs> and periods. Come on. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember Buffy yeah. has trouble defeating anything without a team. Yeah, did they, I can't remember. Did they ever do anything about that? About the fact that she bleeds? Can the vampires smell her better well, on those yeah. days? <laughs> there is, but that's been used as well, hasn't it? Yeah. That has been used in, yeah. in, the, uh, in the vampire ethos. I never thought of that. I want to, <laughs> yeah. I want to address too because people in chat like buffy's she has superpowers like she could be shot dead uh, yeah yeah she's strong yeah. Helsing but, could be shot dead yeah but van helsing has the guns buffy will have like a stake and axe and a you know maybe a sword or whatever but she she's yeah she's probably gonna lose uh 10 times out of 10 more than likely well van helsing wow. is like uh the bruce wayne batman of vampire hunting he'll yes. find the way yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean that's that's why he that's why even today you know it's not just Dracula Van Helsing is always there yeah. side by side it's like Batman Joker maybe the better question would be Blade versus Van Helsing Ooh. my uh, my buddy uh, Judd Winnick you know Judd uh, and uh, Brad Meltzer they were they were college uh, 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 roommates and they always used to argue uh, uh, Batman versus Captain America who wins and they both agreed Batman because he'd cheat. Yeah, <laughs> that, that yeah. is the correct answer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he he would find a way, and he yeah. wouldn't give a shit how. No, yeah, uh, yeah no, that's absolutely. I, I mean, when they did the uh, DC versus Marvel, and it was Captain America and Batman that got uh, put together, and they did fight to a standstill. But as soon as the uh, in the sewer, when the water starts flushing out, Batman's just like, "Fuck this! You're done! Yeah. You're done, mate! You yeah. know, you're out of there. I'll use that." Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Blade, Blade versus Van Helsing. Well, Blade, Blade is half vampire, so he's yeah. he's got a distinct advantage there, and of course, he's got a lot of cool weaponry too. So, but you got to—that's why I think you it's got the ultimate vampire one. hunter, though. That's, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh... It depends on which portrayal of Van Helsing you're talking about. Whether you're talking about that action hero Hugh Jackman, or <laughs> or the you know the more. Uh, um, the more uh, heady version, even though even though Cushing played him with a, a certain uh, uh, physical panache, uh, yeah. hmm. uh, he was much more a man of science, you know, than an action hero. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cushing always looked older than he was. You know, yeah. there was there was a look back in those days where you'd you'd be a kid watching it, think this guy's like sixty five. Yeah. And then you become an adult and you realize he was 38 or something. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like yeah. Patrick Stewart. He's been 70 for about 70 years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I'm hoping that's going to be the same with me. But you know, Well, I, I just want to be able to jump on tables and pull down curtains and, uh, yeah. you know, at that age. I, I It was mm. always, you know. Uh, they actually, they actually did a, a a direct homage to that in that BBC version. With yes, the, they did. Time, you know, yeah. The uh, the uh, uh, the female heroine uh, who's uh, what is her name? Agatha Van Helsing. Agatha Van Helsing. So. I think so. Yeah, she does the same thing. She she runs down the table and leaps on the curtains. And well, you got to. I mean, yeah, that, that's yeah, just such a great things. angle. You yeah. know, I was lucky. Uh, I have the uh, Japanese. They only put it out briefly, but the Japanese had the original hammer cut still uh, after some censoring was done. Oof. And there's a fabulous to to uh, um, Matt's point, Dracula doesn't cry at the great scene where Peter Cushing's making the cross and the lights on him and he's crumbling. They just one shot of Dracula crying like mm. blood. And it, it was really creepy. Because he's not yeah, crying. But that's the difference is he's crying for himself. Yes. Yes. And, He'd do and, that. He wouldn't cry. But it's just brief. For and, lover. No. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> it was um, the BFI put it out and they only did it. And I've never seen it again. I, I snagged a copy and there are hmm. several scenes they that are in it that are more full. Uh, brilliant. But it was, you know, whatever the capricious censorship rules. I don't see why that. You know, it wasn't that Hammer wanted to do it, it just was. But it's a, it's a really arresting scene. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the, that, uh, the Japanese thing because we've been talking the genres and we've been talking different takes on, on Dracula, different takes on vampires and how that spawned the whole thing. But going, going to the East, they did their, their take on the vampire, which, uh, you know, if you've seen like the Hong Kong vampire sort of stuff, yeah, uh, where they're they're literally like, they're sort of like bouncing. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, like bouncing yeah. along like that, and, yeah. it, and it, you know, so they 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 took a, a concept and just did their own completely. Yeah, I think sort that's of... from their folklore, truthfully. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. A, yes. a, a cultural uh, a cultural disconnect for Western viewers for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah they've in, they integrated it with their folklore and and their sort of stories and 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 their you know boogeymen for want of a better phrase. Uh, and they sort of combined it together with that. So you have these sort of like jumping, you know, bouncing, sort of almost like kangaroo-esque. Yeah. Well, you uh, know, of course, you know, we've had these myths and legends since the beginning of time, you know, all the way back to the Egyptians. There's always been corpses that rise from the dead and prey on the living. Yeah. Mm. And it it was with uh, uh, Sheridan Lefanu's uh, Carmilla and then later John Polidori's The Vampire and finally codified in, in Stoker's Dracula where for the first time we had these cognizant vampires that weren't mm -hmm. just these kind of shambling uh, 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 grave, grave risen revenants, you yeah, know, zombie time. Yeah. 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 Um, all of a sudden they, they, they were part of society and they had a certain elegance to them. And that, that, uh, that interpretation stuck. I mean, look, Anne mm -hmm. Rice made her whole fucking career out of a version of that, you know? Yeah. Yes. Uh, um, I find her stuff a little too. Oh, everybody's a little too emo and it's romanticized. Uh, you know, it's a uh, romanticized take. Romanticized, yeah. A, a little too. Um, uh, what's what I'm looking for? A little too self-doubting and a little too self-involved. A little too navel-staring for my taste yeah. in regards to vampires. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Navel-staring is good. Uh, uh, Lestat's not. He he kind of stands out amongst her vampires as being the the more uh, Dracula-esque of any of them, but. Did you guys see a uh, Midnight Mass? 
Fucking loved Midnight Mass, top to bottom. Every uh-huh. every fucking moment of it. Um, you know, it's... I, I constantly talk about how the best horror isn't just about the scares. It's about something else. It's about examining some aspect of human existence, you know? Yes, yes. And Midnight Mass, you know, even though it had some really creepy shit in it, it wasn't about that. It was about faith and the loss of faith and addiction <laughs> And losing yourself to addiction, you know. I my other uh, absolute one of my absolute favorite vampire films is Let the Right One In, and Let the Right One In is about loneliness. You know, whether it's mm. the loneliness of being a, a bullied twelve year old boy or a, an isolated, you know, two hundred year old vampire. You know, and again, pretty much every genre does this to its best effect you know dune is more about an examination of human society than it is about you know uh any any special powers that paul has you know Mm, Um, uh, uh, any any great genre piece is examining something about humanity and using these ultra cool facets and motifs to entice us into watching it or reading it you know Mm. all right uh, right, what I'm going to do is uh, some of the chat have been putting some questions to you, so I'm going to I'm going to bring them up and sure. uh, let you go for it at your leisure. Again, chat, just to remind you, um, if you've been enjoying the uh, the vampiric chatter, uh, I have pinned the Kickstarter campaign for Matt and Kelly's uh, Dracula: The Impaler Book One. Book Two one days ago, four. yep, only yeah, just over, just over. So this is Last Chance Saloon. So please feel free, go click, go support the campaign. Uh, let's grab uh, Alcatraz S299 with a $5. It says, Hail, the real BBC. Mr. Jones and Mr. Wagner, do you have a favorite tour issue? Uh, cheers, everyone. <laughs> See you at the LA Comic Con, Gary, who's not here today. I always um, loved the ones where uh, Thor fought him, who later became, uh, uh, eventually became Adam Warlock. Um, mm. Uh, I recently picked up the uh, a, a beautiful reissue they just did of Starlin's initial run on Warlock. Yeah, uh, I, I wasn't quite aware of what a uh, when I read it when I was young, I didn't connect to what a personal bit of myth making that was for him. You know, yeah. it's he was a post World War One vet when he was doing that. Not World War One, excuse me, Vietnam vet when he, he was fucking old. Yeah, Vietnam vet when he was doing that. And it very much is a, an assault on uh, society and politicians and religion, all the things that lead to war, uh, glorifying the warrior, but uh, vilifying the war itself. And uh, uh, yeah, I, I quite love those issues. Uh, Cal- I loved, I loved uh, <clears throat> my favorite Thor was Journey into Mystery 121 to, I think, Thor 125, I believe it was the Hercules and he fight. Yeah, yeah, that was, and, that was great um, too. Yeah, yes, and and that um, particular run uh, blew me away simply because um, it it examined obviously Hercules' ego, but yeah. Thor's noble, how noble Thor was. Yeah, and him going back to help the guy who just beat him uh, survive going to hell. I just it was I didn't. I, as a kid, I didn't see that coming. You know, I thought the story would end, they drag him off to hell or whatever, and that's the end of Hercules. But no, he goes down there. And then they throw in the extra one where Pluto can't stand seeing his realm being destroyed by Thor, who just won't give up. <laughs> um, he, calls it, he just says, all right, all right, all right. I, I belong here. You guys can go. And I just found that uh, 
uh, what great it, it, when when comics work, that's mm. that's that's my example. Yeah, that that was a good run. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Strange Danger with a two dollars says, "I just got my limited edition Dracula cover volume one." We love Mr. Stranger Danger. Well, that means that they're down to uh, probably thirty-four <laughs> now. What are you down to? Oh no, twenty-six left. Ooh. People oh have been uh, have been sapping up just twenty-six of those uh, special uh, black and white covers with the red embossed on the front uh, or the red shiny shiny. Uh, front to go so again link link uh on the chat chat uh yorazuna with a 50 <laughs> says ciao i don't normally super chat but i feel compelled to express my gratitude matt grendel is without doubt my favorite series and i thank you for making it truly thank you for making something unique and for that i will always support you well thanks uh, very much yeah Nice. That goes, this, gets back something... to, this gets back to the whole thing we were talking about earlier about you know how you have to keep you have to keep things interesting for your audience. The only way you keep things interesting for your audience is keeping it interesting for you. Mm. And so you know, I originally did Grendel as the uh, oh, this is, gives me a good chance to talk about the new book. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I originally did Grendel as a, a series of backup features in the pages of Mage. Uh, uh, and then uh, Kamiko, the publisher at the time, approached me and said, we'd like to do this as a continuing monthly. And at the time, I had never considered doing a, a monthly series. You know, I, I was working in uh, uh, very distinct beginning, middle and end narratives. And I thought, God, how am I going to do this? How am I going to keep this interesting to keep... Um, keep doing a monthly book. And mm. I finally struck upon the idea, you know, I will say greatly inspired by Lee Fox, the Phantom comic strip, that there would be more than one Grendel, you know, that, that it would, it would be a, a kind of persona that would move yes. through various uh, incarnations and identities. And so basically I got a chance to reinvent the thing every so often, you know, reinvent mm. it visually, reinvent it thematically, reinvent it uh, 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 narratively. Um, and, uh, you know, I mentioned the very first version there, Devil by the Deed, you know. Uh, well, that's Batman Grendel 2, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Devil by the Deed was the original Hunter Rose story arc, and uh, last year was Grendel's 40th anniversary. And uh, Wow. Yeah, and when I, when I went back to look at that, even I was surprised to discover that that original story arc was only 37 pages long. And considering the legacy it spawned, the, you know, literally decades of material, dozens of characters, thousands of pages of story and art, um, I thought, well, that's kind of insufficient. Um, so I approached Dark Horse and said, hey, let me redo Devil by the Deed. I'm going to I'm going to retell the entire tale top to bottom in the same kind of format. But drawing it now at age 60, as opposed to the young buck I was way back then. <laughs> And uh, so now it comes out uh, 22nd of this month, uh, uh, 22nd of November, ships to stores. It's uh, called Devil by the Deed Master's Edition, and it's 121 pages of all brand new art and story retelling the tale of Hunter Rose. Nice. What yep. date? That date again, Matt? Say it again. Repeat, can you just repeat the date? Oh, yeah. It's the 22nd of this month. 20, so 22nd, 22nd, it arrives in stores. Yeah, we have both a standard edition and a limited uh, signed and numbered hardcover as well. Um, it's colored by my son, Brennan Wagner, in the black, white, and red uh, palette that has since over the years become Hunter Rose's uh, motif. Mm -hmm. And I got to say, we are both super proud of it. It, yeah. it looks fucking great. Uh, 
this this also gives me a little springboard. It was originally meant to be supported by the Netflix show. Ah, <laughs> now yes, yes. Yeah. yes, yes. Because yes, my initial real. thought was Dark Horse just recently republished the uh, the Grendel omnibus editions, but those are those are fat. You know, there's 600 pages a piece, and my thought was if somebody is coming to look for Grendel based upon their interest in the show. Mm-hmm. that 600 pages might turn them off. So we wanted something that was a little more uh, uh, accessible and True. thus uh, telling, uh, expanding Devil by the Deed to 120 plus pages, you know. Um, the show, oh, what a bittersweet experience that was. Uh, well, what, what, what can you tell us? What can you tell us? I can tell you that they completely filmed the entire thing in Candid. Yeah. Wow. I, I, have, I have all eight episodes on a, on a Blu-ray. What do you think of them? What What was the reason? I, I like it a lot. I like it a yeah. lot. I, I was I, again. I was crushed by the whole experience. Yeah. It, uh, it's definitely an adaptation, which it needed to be. Uh, it modernizes here and there in ways that I fully supported. Um, so why uh, why why did they cut it? Okay, so year two years ago when this happened, of course, next uh, Netflix was a complete fucking dumpster fire, right? Of course, their oh, yes. their, their stock just plummeted. They what did it lose 70% of its, their yeah. stock value in the space of a year or something like that. So that led to a, just a huge wave of managerial purges. And we lost our executive that was in charge of our show, uh, who was the greatest champion of the show the entire time. So it got inherited by some other guy. And, mm-hmm. you know, I always use the analogy of, you know, whenever you have a lion pride and a new alpha male comes in, he kills all the fucking cubs from the previous yeah. alpha. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And from the beginning, this guy was like, I don't get this show. I don't get this show. I don't get it. I don't get it. You know, why, why, why is there, it's a comic book thing. Why is there no superpowers and energy blasts and shit? And why, uh, why is the, the main character, you know, a charismatic psychopath? And why, uh, why is there no uh, great moralization at the end and the good guys win? And it's like all the shit that makes Krendel special, he didn't like because it didn't fit his uh, tiny little view of what comic book movies and adaptations ought to be so but it was already very something very different something auteur something unique can't because they couldn't see it and not realizing that if something now if that were out now it would be the antidote to all the crap that is yeah our our showrunner told us we were just in the wrong fucking place the wrong fucking time if we would have been nine months before or after we would have been fine yeah I'm not I'm not suggesting anything here, Matt. I'm just saying a thing. Do you remember when Ryan Reynolds leaked out his Deadpool stuff? And it's now spawned a third Deadpool movie uh because he because he had a vision. It would be awful, Matt. Awful. And I say this sincerely. If somehow that was that Blu-ray was stolen, ripped, and uh, and put online, that would I would be mortified. There is a crucial difference here. Ryan Reynolds doesn't own the rights to Deadpool, so if it ever came back to bite him in the ass, it wouldn't hurt him at all, would it? Uh, Blu-ray I have every copy of it is watermarked that says Matt Wagner in the bottom right-hand corner, so there'd be no disguising where the source was. So. I mean, crime, crime is a horrible thing, Matt. Crime is, horrible. <laughs> crime is a horrible thing. It's not victimless. As there you're just suggesting, victims. I leave my doors unlocked for yeah. a couple weeks. I'm, ju- I'm just saying. You, and it's, some little arrows as to where I keep the copies. It's a cruel world. <laughs> yeah, that's all I'm saying. It's a cruel world, Matt. 
and who uh, knows look, what's going to happen out look, there. Uh, I've I've seen the first two, and it oh. is remarkable. Yeah, I, I sent Kelly <sighs> a copy to watch. Yeah, um, I'm I'm up to two. I would be watching it right now, but we're doing this. Um, it's I, heartbreaking, isn't it? It is. Yeah. And you told me that. You said this is going to break your heart in ten minutes, and it did. I I you oh. just. It 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 was it was good. It is good, and I I can't. Netflix is Netflix is you know they now it's come to a point where it's like you know what what happens to my rights now you know uh, legally they own they own it period. Um, they they are willing to let me take my rights but there's certain restrictions that they're putting on it that really make it complicated to try and get somebody else interested in the pro property afterwards. It's all just a bunch of dicky lawyer and accounting stuff, you know? Oh man. You, I, and there's yeah. this, so now, you know, it's a fucking bummer, man. Let me tell you this yeah. very special thing that was the, was the counter to everything you see now as. Yeah. Um, it won't be seen. Well, that's that's what I mean. Here, look, let me bring this super chat up because this actually this links in. Uh, Hide F10 with a twenty dollars says, "When do you think you guys will see the end?" Uh, you know, you can say woke, you can just say shitty, uh, you can just say put which, whichever way you want to phrase that. Uh, my definition of woke is putting ideology ahead of story and character. That's my personal definition of woke. I, I don't think uh, we have a, we have a dearth though of good good material right now. Uh, no, I don't. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's certainly what you're talking about there that, you know, these political agendas kind of trump the good story, but there's still plenty of, of one thing I love to point to is, uh, did you guys see the English? Do you know that, that, uh, series? No, no. Uh, so it stars Emily Blunt. Right. And, uh, it's about, a uh, it's a Western. It stars, a uh, Emily Blunt about a, an English woman who comes to the American West, uh, on a trail of revenge for the man who killed her son. And it okay. it's it subverts every expectation you'll ever have, and uh, and yet you have this very strong female character, so it would fit into, you know, kind of the agenda of a lot of what this person's referring to there. And yet it doesn't it doesn't fall prey to that at all. Um, it's, but it's, it's magnificent. But don't you think we've gone so far into the shitty that that something like that they're almost teaching their audience to go oh god it's another fucking well, female I think that's, lead that's, the danger, that's the danger you run into is I, that you begin, so. to, you begin this formula and mm. that it, it and as soon as people get a whiff of it they want like i said earlier they want something authentic they want something sincere no one has a problem with how you do that but they do have a problem with that being overriding the authentic and sincere part correct um, it's, a, I, it's a super it's a super complicated issue because I just uh, I, I publish on Facebook. I'm a, I'm a voracious reader of uh, uh, fiction uh, and I'm not just talking comics. I'm talking the, yeah, yeah. Uh, prose novels and I regularly publish a little review of everything I just finished reading. So there was a recent uh, uh, book called Double or Nothing by uh, uh, an author named uh, Kim Sherwood. And uh, it's uh, it's a. Um, it's an approved sequel by the Fleming estate set in the uh, 007 uh, uh, universe, right? Okay. And uh, at the beginning of the book, Bond has gone missing, and they don't know if he's dead or captured or brainwashed or whatever. He's just gone. And they deploy these, you know, in the Bond books, you never really see any of the other 00 agents. You know they're there, yeah, but you never yeah, see yeah. them. So they deploy these other 00 agents, 
And on one level, it's really woke because they are almost a recipe. You know, there's a woman, there's a, a gay black guy, and there's a Muslim. And so on that level, the math is just like, oh, come on. This equation <laughs> is so obvious. At the same time, this author totally delivers a fucking awesome, worthy of Fleming James Bond or 007 adventure. It's it's brutal. It's fun. It's exciting. Giant supervillains with giant supervillain plots. In fact, the supervillain is basically Elon Musk. And uh, it's it's magnificent. So it that's what I mean about how it's complicated. That equation, which initially put me off as I was reading it, the author herself made me overcome my my uh, reticence to that and and totally delivered. So well, and I think I think if it, the bigger probably is you'll have the uh, something like that. But I think eventually the losing of money and the losing of people yeah, yeah. Uh, will will do it because of, uh, eventually you have to you you have to stay in business and if you keep making decisions that are telling people <clears throat> not that they'll rage they'll just walk away they they won't come back they'll go somewhere else they'll find well it'll lead it'll lead to apathy more than yeah it will and then they'll move on to the next thing they'll just move on to the next whatever it is they're interested in and all of this all of this (laughs) can be seen as self-inflicted because you're seeing decisions made not yes as with with in matt's situation not made based on the actual material but based on perception and that is the danger (laughs) you have to be unbiased you have to be uh authentic in the story you're telling and then let the rest take care of itself let that find people who have a literary ability and say what they want to say but not at the expense and certainly not at hectoring your audience i don't i don't believe in that yeah yeah i I agree with that yep i mean matt i mean i'll be totally honest with you if if you had said to me there's a bond book coming out set in a bond universe with with a woman lead a gay black guy and a Muslim, and the f- and they go up against Elon Musk. I would I would turn around that's and walk awful. away. Yeah, yeah, right. And it's it wasn't at all. Yep. It, that oh, whole yep. premise just sounds like, yep. oh god, you know, stop, please. Yeah. Just, now just, on the other side oh. of that, uh, do you know the do you know the author uh, Anthony Horowitz? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, so he's written three books in the Bond universe that are uh, period appropriate um, uh, with 007 himself. The first one mm. takes place two weeks after the uh, events of uh, Goldfinger. Okay. The first one is a prequel to Casino Royale, which shows how he got his 007 designation. Third one, I just got. I haven't read it yet, but those are those are terrific, and they mm. they don't uh, they don't try to fix or disguise any of the you know. Now that sounds interesting to me. Yeah, yeah, those are terrific. Those are great. Yeah. <laughs> There's also uh, here since we're on the James Bond wagon. Uh, have you ever heard of the Young Bond series? There's a no. series of YA novels which are also period appropriate. They're set in the 30s. Okay. And yeah, yeah. It's Bond when he's going to Eton, and it's it's all his school days, and they too are a fucking blast. It, you get to see how he develops his love of fast cars, how he first starts to interact with women, how he starts to become a sneak, how uh, how he goes up against some Bond esque villains. He he continually gets the fucking shit kicked out of him, which is a <laughs> yeah. real a yeah. real uh, motif in the books all the time. He gets fucked up all the time in the books, you know. Um, hmm. Those are those are terrific too. But again, yeah, I I too was surprised with how much I ended up liking that uh, the double the double or nothing it's called the uh, the book. All right, okay. Uh, we got a uh, Grendel uh, Vivat with a twenty dollars. Says between Kelly and Matt, I'm feeling spoiled for choice recently with both Dracula Volume One 
and uh, Devil by the Deed, Master Edition pre-ordered. There you go. Thank you both for many years of great art and stories with many more to come. Well, this Dracula is volume one out of four. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this will be continuing on. We're about halfway done with the second one. Yep. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, when do you envisage all four parts? About a year between each one. Uh, yeah, about, once a year. Right. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That's and we're, you know, Kelly and I are, you know, we're not the... Uh, uh, we're not the flighty sort of creators. Yeah, we we yeah. are, we are, you know, this is our fucking job. We sit down and do it. It's what I, it's uh, what, what I always enjoy with Matt is, is the same kind of blue collar aspect to mm. creating something different. You know, yeah. you can go in there and be, have a, a this great vision and <clears throat> our tour look, but you get something on paper and you get it done. Mm-hmm. No, and, that that's, and that's where we work really well together. That's another one of the many reasons I enjoy working with him. Uh, I mean, yeah. You know, Matt, I've been aware of your work through the Batman Grendel stuff. Uh, Kelly, of course, I've been so familiar with your work for, you know, for decades now. Uh, I got nothing but um, nothing but faith in, in this. I really, Thank really you, do. Lower lips liquor, a man after my own heart. Yeah, low lip slicker. <laughs> Hello. Um, with a $2. Just I'm assuming like a- that's a man. I don't want to prejudge. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, maybe I've got a modern audience today, you know? You know? Uh, lower lip slicker with a $2 has just pledged $125 for Dracula 1. Looks awesome. Yes, it does look awesome. Thank you. And the beauty, the good, I mean, that trailer was. Brilliant, not just because of Kelly's unbelievable artwork, but like you said, the 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 great you had a that voice actor was superb. By the way, whoever you yeah, picked out to yeah. do, that, he was wonderful. But of course, he was actually saying Matt Wagner's words from the well, book. Well, yes, he was. So here's and- the thing about that: when we uh, when we first enlisted him, uh, he gave us two versions. One uh, as we ended up with there, and the other one uh, with the more familiar kind of Romanian accent. Yeah. And uh, we opted for the no accent version because the Romanian accent that we all attribute to being Dracula is in fact yeah. Lugosi's version. And that was because uh, Lugosi hardly spoke English at all when he filmed yes. that. He had to learn yes. that phonetically. Uh, in the book, and I went and did my research, there are two instances where Harker talks about how Dracula really doesn't have an accent. No. Um, right. He, he, he talks about, you know, he, when he first meets him, he says he spoke excellent English with a strange intonation. And I took that to mean he hasn't talked to another living person in probably 50 years. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it's just a little bit affected. His, yeah, his voice. Yeah. Might just uh, be, yeah, yeah. Uh, is an interesting one. Oh, it might not be, but uh, yeah, I think it's an interesting one. Daniel Todd, five dollars says, "Would Jim Caviezel be a good Dracula?" Possibly, and he's he's kind of uh, you know when, in his younger days when uh, uh, when he was in the Count of Monte Cristo and the Passion of the Christ, a little mm. too young. But now he's put some years on that might yeah. uh, some some road distance might really uh, yeah uh, make him a good. Did you, uh, yep. you ever see Person of Interest at all? No, huh? I that's a I thought that's a great show. It's a show. Uh, is he in yeah, it? yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. Jim Caviezel plays the lead, oh, and uh-huh. uh, he he plays uh, a, a guy called a guy called John Reese, and he teams mm. up with a chap called Harold, and it and it takes it takes place a little bit after a a terrorist incident has happened in America, mm-hmm. and so uh, America, you, you know, the the sort of the government's reacting to be more of a, a surveillance state, 
Mm-hmm. And, it, and it begins off with Harold, who's like, a, he's the tech guy. He needs, he need, he's created a machine which, predi- uh, which works out through the surveillance system when people are in trouble, who's looking like they're going to be in trouble through, through some means or another. Uh, and they become the person of interest, but he oh, needs a, he needs a muscle to actually get out there and and try and save this person, or or because you don't know if the person is the person who's going to perpetrate the crime or be the victim of the crime. Uh-huh. But the surveillance system's working it out. So it starts off in the first season as being quite procedural, you know, like like most American shows, but highly enjoyable. But then the story just it it really moves into this this overarching story of uh surveillance state and uh this this computer and how it would be how it could be abused and utilized and how the government is working on its own version and all of this and and by the end i was actually quite surprised where they took where where do you find that as uh you can get that on amazon prime uh i believe it's up there uh i don't even yeah it should be on amazon prime for you to watch but uh, I think that is uh, Jonathan Nolan, who who uh, who got involved in that, and I'm not sure if David S. Goy is involved as well. But, I thought uh, he was. Yeah, I think. Goy yeah, was. I think that. Yeah, I think yeah. Goy is involved. Yeah. And, but it, it is. It was a from something that looked like it could just be a procedural, turned out to be a very smart, very hmm. clever show, and Jim Caviezel's perfect. It's like, imagine if Batman was Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. sort of thing you know it, it's very clever the way you know Caviezel's sort of like that that guy and it uh doesn't pander and all the characters are, are unique and have their own voices and yeah, the stories yeah. are mature there's some very and and season four i'm you sort of like wow they certainly went places with this one yeah. so uh yeah massive recommend person of uh, person of interest uh okay. if you like jim Caviezel. yeah but I, I like him as I like him. Um, I like the, that. Sounds stop. like a good premise. I think Caviezel would have made an amazing Batman. I really do. I think he would have. I been, love he his, would... uh, his Count of Monte Cristo. Like, yeah, I'm I a big fan of that book. Uh, the 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 full on massive unabridged book. Yeah. Um, the neat thing about the book is it doesn't it doesn't end the way all the movie versions end. Like no, it doesn't. Revenge does not treat him well. He, no. he does not no. end up happy at the end. He doesn't no. get the girl. He doesn't get his his, his long lost love. You know, no. uh, it it you know like I said with Grendel, you know the 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 use of violence comes back in blowback, and yeah. that's mm. that happens with him here too. You know, yeah. it's like it's like many things. Magic has a price. All this sort of thing. You know, normally when you push something it's returned in kind yeah right right regardless of what that is. i got about two-thirds of the way through it and there's a scene where he's talking to somebody about uh about hashish and about how hashish is like his his one great love about how it's the only thing that takes the absolute fury yeah. out of his out of his mind you know yeah. <laughs> and he goes enough. on about it at length <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> Hey, when we're down in London, if we go to a couple of Turkish restaurants, you know, we get it, we get the old pipes, we uh, we yep. eat, and then we go outside, we get the old uh, pipes going. Uh, pick your flavor, do like a bit of grape. Those Victorian times came back. Mm. Yeah, uh, I think if they ever adapted for live yep. action, whether it be film or a series, Kingdom Come, I w- I would say please, uh, Jim Caviezel as Bruce Wayne for that. Yeah, yeah, uh, would would be excellent. Uh, let's grab uh, Therio, God of Rage, with the $10. says, how do you guys feel about the OG Tomb of da- uh, Dracula comics and Marvel's Dracula in general? 
you want to well, start, Joe? Yeah, I I am a big fan of Wolfman and Colin on Tomb of Dracula. I think those uh, Marvel kind of came in late to the game, not late, but uh, jumped on doing horror in the early 70s, seeing the success that DC was having. And man, they did great. I love Tomb of Dracula, uh, Werewolf by Night, uh, Ghost Rider. Mm. Uh, and with with the comics code going away, they really could cut loose in some of those. I I, uh, I have to say, I was, I, I was buying Tomb of Dracula every month when it came out. And it was so different. And it's funny, we were talking about the Jack Palance uh, TV version of Dracula earlier. Uh, that had just recently aired, and they are getting ready to launch that. So that is the visualization that uh, Colin used for his yeah. Dracula. If you look yeah. at that Dracula, he has a kind of wide, broad, somewhat flat face, just like Jack Palance. Yeah, those are good. Those are really good. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's grab this. Serious Man with a $5. How do you guys feel about Wes Craven's 2000 Dracula trilogy and the choice to make Dracula's origin as Judas Iscariot. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Nope. yeah, there you go. Give me the give me the chills. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I thought it was shitty. <laughs> uh Athenon with a 20 month. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not gonna uh great stuff as always. Love all of you so much. Renfield is mid at best. Nick Cage is good, but Aquafina is totally annoying. Aquafina annoying this shocks me. Mm. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm with that that assessment totally. I mean, yeah. I haven't seen Renfield, but I I can picture it. I've had some people tell me that yeah, Cage has some good moments. Um, uh, but again, I'm I'm just not even going to go to that movie until, no. until I'm kind of done with my version. I don't yeah. I don't want to I don't want to uh, piss in the well. You know, nope, nope. <laughs> piss in the blood. Piss in the blood. Yeah, piss in the blood. Yeah. Uh, Avella, uh Olivencia with a five dollar says anime Van Helsing Ultimate Dracula working for a secret British organization fighting against the Roman Catholic Church and Nazi vampires. That's yeah, I haven't cool. heard of that one. Yeah, I haven't either. That's that first sounds, that sounds great. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, I'm in on that, that one. Um, Sergi. Uh, Berengard with the two Canadians says, what's your thoughts on Dracula Hotel Transylvania? Haven't seen Hotel Transylvania, uh, mainly because of my stage of life. My kids were much too old to uh, to watch that by the time it came around, so I just never right. never checked it out. Uh, Kelly, it was, you any of those? Kids were too old. Yeah. yeah. That's fair enough. Yeah, but it's, again, another you know another area that another, is another incarnation yeah, yeah. In, in every aspect of every uh, of, single uh, aspect yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um That's what i mean ubiquitous it's totally ubiquitous yes yes not even gonna go there i'm gonna say DiGiorno pizza uh with a five dollar it says how do you do guys like from dusk till dawn Robert uh, very conflicted opinions about it you know i people love the the sudden switch midway through it just it just threw me the wrong way i i was like make this one or the other i was totally enjoying just kind of the 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 down and dirty crime thing at the beginning and then all of a sudden it's vampires just didn't didn't fly for me Selma Hayek, so though. yeah Selma no that's Hayek. great but that's that's not that's that's just fucking tits man that's not <laughs> just that's not storytelling matt, that's not storytelling i base I everything on storytelling it's never just tits matt <laughs> <laughs> it's I'm never offended. just tits <laughs> Oh, sorry, I'm gonna easy now. 
Come on, reel it back. Be professional. Really, what about you? Did you like Dusk of Dawn? Uh, it was okay. I, I, I got that it was trying to be a drive-in, uh, trying to do the drive-in. Yeah, but you did thing. that much better in Grindhouse, both of them. Yeah, I actually do, and I think yeah. there they got they did it better. So, uh, you're right. The switching of the gears, um, wasn't as smooth as it could have been, and uh, <clears throat> so at that point, it not at all. Yeah, yeah. it just bang, <laughs> it happens. I think in in if it if maybe if you spent more time on that, uh, you could do it. I think there was a um, what is it film with Simon Pegg where they he wants to go uh, pub crawl and then it world's turns end, out. world's end. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay, that kind of got it for me. Like that did a a thing. Like wow, all of a sudden it changed from this kind of shiftless guy hanging on to you know, weird robot creature thing. And that I like, I mean, that, that mm -hmm. I dug and it switched gears in the middle. Um, mm -hmm. So it can be done. It just wasn't done uh, to me. It wasn't done uh, in dust till dawn to, to where I thought it worked as well as it could have. Okay. Molly, what do you think of dust till dawn? I mean, I've always really liked it, but I haven't seen it now in a really long time. So maybe yeah. I'd uh, change my mind on a rewatch, but yeah, I remember it's kind of interesting how, you can get to a point of saying like the switch is kind of annoying to you know mash two movies together while most people i think the take is like it's so shocking and cool to see a film almost visibly do that i was gonna ask um you know what do you think about like predator people often argue that's like three films stitched together like first act second act and third act a completely different sort of tones and uh approaches predator being one of my favorite films of all time yeah except um, the, the the threat of the predator is there from the beginning yeah you know, you know there's something in the woods that's not right well you uh, see the ship there's, there's zero yeah. hint of the vampires up yeah until, you see a spaceship coming yeah shouldn't see that you should never see that yeah um you get that weird kind of his pov well, actually yeah, i was gonna say i prefer we didn't see the ship yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's the uh, you know, but, I, but I love I mean, how they reveal the predator gradually, and that it's it's supported from the beginning, where there's no support for that that, that shift in uh, Dust of Dawn. Yeah, it's you know, yeah, I mean, it's sure. literally, you know, the first half's a Tarantino movie, the second half's a Rodriguez movie. You know, yeah. and sure. if that was their intent, okay, I get it, but just didn't intrigue me storytelling wise. You know, it's more, it's more, um, it feels more masturbatory to me that they're just like, oh, your movies are cool, your movies are cool too. You know. Yeah. I mean, I was. I mean, I thought Robert Rodriguez did some great stuff back then. Uh, you know, Desperado was a remake of uh, La Mariachi, mm -hmm. uh, and, and I did it. I have seen both La Mariachi and and you know Desperado, and I thought they're both great. And I, I loved. I I was a big fan, big fan of Dust Till Dawn personally. Um, I thought he got Clooney in his heyday at the right time, and uh, I did like the switch. I just I did like the switch because I did enjoy the first part. I did enjoy the. Um, you know the sort of the dynamic between the brothers, and clearly one of them's like got the head that, screwed yeah. on, and all that stuff. I really enjoyed. Uh, you know what what Tarantino was hearing in his head, as opposed to fucking being normal. Uh, so when that switch happened, I thought it was I I, I thought it was great. Um, sex machine, funny guy. You know, it's, uh, so yeah. I, I just it, to me, it, you know, it's a film that was there to to just entertain you. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. uh, don't think too hard. We're, we're mashing up a couple of genres here and we're seeing what we got. I think it personally, I think it worked. I absolutely um, understand why people have that opinion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I could, um, if I could ask, um, yeah, yeah. I don't want you to know, I, too... I, uh, uh, sorry, Muller, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, I didn't want it to be too long of a question, but I'd love to know your, like, if you could have like a top five movies from a writing point of view, considering your experience Ooh. and stuff. Oh, impossible. 
<laughs> in that many, case you know, five of your favorites kids okay. crazy when they were younger they'd be like what's your favorite movie what's your favorite food what's yeah. your you know and i'd be like I, I i like too much shit i don't have i don't have favorites tuesday i'm hungry for pasta you know uh, thursday i want steak you know and i always used to say to them look i have a favorite wife i have a favorite son <laughs> and i have a favorite daughter because <laughs> i only have one of each of those you know mm. but uh you know i worked with tarantino on uh uh, I co-wrote the uh, 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 Django Zorro crossover. I wrote the Zorro comic oh, for about four oh, years, yeah. and uh, uh, the guy that, that was for Dynamite uh, comics, and the mm. guy that was the uh, head of Dynamite, uh, Nick Barucci, had been longtime friends with Reggie Hudlin, who was the producer on uh, Django Unchained, and uh, they approached me and they said, "Hey, we're talking with Quentin about doing a Django Zorro crossover. Would you be interested in?" And co-writing that with him. And I was like, well, that's never going to fucking happen. But yeah, sure. <laughs> you know. And uh, so I totally forgot about it. About six months later, they called me again. And they said, uh, hey, uh, we sent Quentin all of your Zorro stuff. And he loves it. And he wants you to come down to his place next week. And I kept saying to my wife, this is going to fall apart at any fucking moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's going to like anything is going to disrupt this because I know uh, Quentin's history with these side projects that he talks about all the time, you know. And uh, nope, it totally worked out. I even even up until the moment I was pulling up at the gate of his house, I was just like, it's going to be like, oh, sorry, comic book dude. Sam Jackson showed up and I can't make it today. You know, <laughs> sure. But nope, he rang me through the gate. He met me at the door himself, took me to show show me his comic book collection right nice. away. <laughs> and uh, and we spent two days just hanging out at his place and co cobbling this story together. And uh, That's awesome, dude. And yeah. uh, a mixture of sitting out by his pool and, again, just shooting ideas back and forth and then uh, going down to his screening room and watching a, a handful of movies. He loves to watch movies with people when he's just started a new venture like this. So you all get kind sure. of in the same headspace. And uh, I, I love John going train. I think he's a fucking fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Oh I my God, awesome. man. I, I, a friend of mine who was a local reviewer, uh, I live in Portland, Oregon, uh, took me to a press screening and we got to the end of it. And I, I turned to him. I said, okay, I'm not a young black man, very obviously, but if I was, <laughs> that would be my star Wars. Like I yes. would say <laughs> 900 times. Yeah. <laughs> That's just a great, it's just a great movie. And, and you know, We've been so sort of saturated with with deep slave movies. You yeah. know, it's like the only thing Hollywood seems to, they either portray black people as victims or slaves. It's like do something. And at least Tarantino took that that genre and he Tarantino did, you know? It's well, very much a Tarantino film. Too, because he's taken some grief in the fact that uh, the Kerry Washington character, Django's uh, yep. wife, uh, Brunilda, is just kind of there to be rescued, right? Okay. And uh and he said, because, uh, okay, so Reggie, the, uh, the the movie's producer, is a black man. Mm -hmm. And uh, and Quentin said, yeah, well, in film, uh, black women always have to be strong or sassy. And I didn't mm -hmm. want that. I wanted to, you know, afford black women the chance to be the princess that the knight comes and rescues. Her. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and, yeah, pulls it off just fine. And I will point out that the very final shot of the film is them riding off together, and you see her pull rifle out of the side holster and prop it over her shoulder. Yeah, prop it over her shoulder, yeah. <laughs> she needed rescued then, but I think she's going to be okay going forward. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think there is anything wrong with a damsel, having a damsel in distress. There's nothing wrong. It's been there for hundreds of years. There's a reason why it's, it's stood the test of time. 
it's not just a male power fantasy. Uh, there's also a lot of female attributes to that, that they want a strong man to come in and save them and rescue them and make them feel safe That's and secure. It, and, and it works Friend both said, ways. You know, by this point, black women deserve a, a shot at that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I think I think women in general just deserve to be feminized again. And, uh, uh, I think there's been a distinct... Uh, and Reggie, when, when Quentin had first uh, described that reasoning to Reggie, Reggie went home and presented it to his wife and her sister, who are strong black women themselves. And he said they were both in tears by the end of the conversation. So he said, yeah, I got that. We got, we're good to go. Let's go. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, the, the the film, obviously you have your, your other uh, protagonist as well. Uh, but the, the film, at some point, steps that aside. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and the, and the development of uh, of Django as a character is great. Um, it's, you know, come on. It's a great, it's a great film. Uh, if you if you if you're giving shit over that, shut up. I love the. Um, um, somebody was just asking if we move the Nosferatu remake. Oh there. yeah, I've moved. I've moved from the other one to that, but I didn't. We didn't go into this one. Uh, sorry, Molly, you go ahead first, man. I was just gonna say that uh, the what he says, "Fuck you, Django." That he shoots him, says the D is silent, hillbilly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's fucking great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. Uh, uh, in oh, answer to that, yes, I'm definitely hmm. looking forward to the Nosferatu remake. Uh, I think Robert Eggers is one of the uh, most unique and significant filmmakers working right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I that now that said, my uh, dear friend and uh, uh, many uh, editor for many years, he, he's my editor on Trinity and the two Batman series I did, the Mad Monk and the Monster Man. Uh, Bob Shrek just today posted uh, what appears to be the po- the poster for it. And I got to say, completely underwhelmed. It looked like fan art. In fact, I'd be surprised if it wasn't fan art. Yeah. I think it was, from what I heard. I think it was. Okay, because it did not look good at all. Yeah. That that gives me hope then. Because, again, I thought The Witch was fucking magnificent. Uh, Lighthouse was a little too odd for my taste. Just didn't match my taste, but I appreciated what it was. But The Northman was fucking incredible. Yeah. Yeah, Eggers has a really strong style. He's one of the... Someone to keep an eye on, sort of thing, and very uncompromising. You know, he yeah. does what he's going to do. You know, there's a couple people working right now. I've talking about Midnight Mass. I assume that do you follow like Flanagan's work? Yeah, I love Flanagan. I, I we just watched uh, Fall of the House, House of Usher, which I thought yeah. was brilliant. Yep. Uh, yeah. There I again, quite, there again, not so much about the scares, about something else, an examination of the opioid crisis and mm-hmm. the the entitled bullshittery of the one percent. You know. Yeah. And uh, uh, he pulls it off so, so well. And I loved how he was able to integrate like almost every other famous Poe story into that story, you know? Oh, have you heard like, that's interesting to talk to you about that because um, I've spoken to many people who kind of despise the show for not understanding Poe's work. So, um, oh, well, I'm not surprised they don't understand Poe's work because they haven't probably read Poe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, so, sorry these these are people who are like i love poe and the flanagan has misunderstood poe's like spirit of his writing and stuff i was i i'm not familiar enough with poe's work to make a claim either way but i was curious for your take on that oh yeah i thought he was hitting it i mean you know i don't know kelly what would you say about that i i would say that that there's a it it's a love letter to poe yeah yeah i i mean he's he clear i mean there's so many different interpretations to poe's stories that you it's hard to say what did Poe mean with the fall of the House of Usher? What did he mean with the Mask of the Red Death? There's there's a general 
field, but there's once you get into post scholarship, there's big debate on the meanings of a lot of his stories uh, in terms of what what uh, not not that he was being difficult, but that um, uh, he was he was very much a man of literature. So <clears throat> his meanings and his his uh, his thoughts, his, his what what he wanted to get across. Uh, it, it's why so, we're still talking about him. You know? So in which case, then that means Mike Flanagan deserves his own interpretation of it. Right. So I, I would say, for, <laughs> like for me, um, uh, when you get into uh, the cask of Amontillado, uh, which to me is one of the most frightening stories anyone's written, it's it's from the point of view, point of, view of a man telling you something that happened 50 years ago. And he's still enjoying it as if it had just happened. Mm -hmm. And we never know what happened to him. We don't know if nothing happened to him. I mean, there's I love seeing uh, I love seeing Flanagan, much like uh, David Lynch and, and Wes Anderson, you know, has his troop of actors that he uses over. Yeah, and over yeah, again. yeah, 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 yeah. Really good at mixing them up. So they're not playing the same roles over and over. <laughs> and my God, in that Fall House Usher, I thought that was a career high for Carla Gugino, who I normally just really love. And I thought she just knocked it out. of Completely the agree. Uh, no, Bruce Greenwood as well. Always. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Greenwood. God damn, is he not the voice of of corporate God. America? That that that. <laughs> yeah. The way he he spoke his lines was just like such boardroom so, talk. You know, it was amazing. Do you know that um all of his stuff is reshoots? Really? Wow. Yeah. Um, they had Frank Langella, but he got booted because of something he did on set that I don't think they've uh, released. Like what oh, he did. Oh, huh. huh. But, um, oh, yeah. I heard. Yeah, 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 yeah. They shot yeah, half yeah, of no them. Loss because okay. I thought he was he was magnificent. Yeah. Okay, you're right. I forgot Langella was. Yes. Right. I forgot. All I remember. About yeah, that. Um, it's it's amazing because I found that out after I saw the show and I was like, Greenwood stuff is reshoots. He, yeah. Like yeah. he's like the core of the show. Yeah. I, I yeah. That's that's really amazing. shocking. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it was really cool. All right. Not all about you're right. That that's that's pretty impressive. Now that you say that, and uh, I thought that like Greenwood, I've seen him in so much stuff, including Flanagan's work. A lot of the time, a supporting actor, and I've always liked him. And I was really happy to see he got like a big spotlight in this show. So much to show off. Yeah. Um. Yes, he's seen Farscape, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, I was really happy with the show. But I was just going to say on on the note of um, adaptations, Flanagan's got a bit of a history now that people are a little bit weary with him because of. I don't know if you watched Hill House, The uh, Haunting of Hill House. I really loved that show, but mm -hmm. from what I hear, it's barely adapted. The Haunting of Hill House. Oh, it is barely adapted. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely. Uh, they took the names, but the names, yeah, it's yeah. not. It's not okay. Uh, but then, but then on the other uh, on the other hand of that equation is Doctor Sleep, which I think is a fucking magnificent movie, and uh, again, a career high for uh, uh, Rebecca Ferguson, and she's got a lot of career highs. And uh, I, I would love. To be career high inside of Rebecca Ferguson, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he 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 pulls off the incredibly delicate balance of making it a sequel to uh, an adaptation of the book and an adaptation of being a sequel to the Kubrick movie. He makes it both yeah. at the same time, and almost an impossible task, I would say, right? And he pulled it off with flair, you know, and really and really a great compelling, <clears throat> compelling approach and story. I think that. Uh, I prefer it to the uh, the King novel, truthfully, which I find the, uh, you know, there's a joke that King doesn't know how to end his novels, and I find that one kind of falls into that uh, that pit. Yeah. Uh, quickie, Gary's Beard Crabs with a $2. Van Helsing or Angel Season 5's Wesley? Never watched Angel, so I couldn't tell you. It's always going to be Van Helsing. 
And is he but, talking about the, Van Hel- the, the Hugh Jackman Van Helsing or I mean, the Peter Cushing Van Helsing? If we say who's going to win in a fight, it's probably going to fucking be Van Helsing, but it's Wesley has a shotgun, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tosi with the most heat. Celine from Underworld. You've got the, van- oh, in the whole vampire. Oh, yeah. When he ever saw yeah, the yeah. first Underworld, didn't uh, everything was just too blue. So. It's, <laughs> the underworld movies are goofy. Uh, I, I have a. They are goofy. They're they're a lot of fun because they're goofy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I love Bill Nye in it. Yeah, it's Bill Nye. Yeah, yeah, that was, He's awesome. That's just Bill Nye, though. He, I mean, he's it great. Is, yeah. uh, the NYC geek with the ten dollar Dracula and Van Helsing have had such an influence in pop culture that even advanced Dungeons and Dragons Second Edition. There were Ravenloft counterparts, uh, Count Schfalt von well, Salvich and the Hunter van Richten. Yeah, Stoker should have got a piece of the action because, you know, they were, they just transported those two over to that. So, well, hmm. except Elliot's public domain. Let's assure everybody. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. <laughs> In our own fucking defense. Yes. <laughs> well, I would uh, like yeah. to think that we weren't doing Stoker so much. I want Vlad. It's Vlad. He's yeah. he's farther removed from us. Okay. Uh, quick reminder, folks. Uh, for fuck's sake, cancel your Disney Plus. <laughs> um, here we go. Eric Bailey with a five dollars. A devastating combination of destruction would be a vampire Chuck Norris. <laughs> However, the Norris would be able to cure Dracula if he was bitten by him. I I think that's true. It's yeah. like an antidote. Yeah, an anti venom. An anti venom. Yeah. Who would? Yeah, that's a good question. Who would cure Dracula if they bit him? Oh. Anyone? Any? This is like any anyone on the planet. Anyone well, that exists. It's hard for me to answer these because, again, I'm so colored by the way we're doing him. And you know, yeah. part of part of our approach is the fact that in the novel we see precious few other vampires. They are all women, by the way. Yeah. So he is he is absolutely a predator. Yeah. Um, uh, I just called him based. But yeah. he is uh, <laughs> he is so obviously and distinctly more powerful than any other vampire we see. You sure. know, the vampire women in the castle, he obviously has them completely under his thrall. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Lucy, the one other vampire we see turned once he gets to London, um, seems more in the mold of the revenants that I was speaking about earlier, you know. Yeah. yeah. She has a cognizance, but she's very much just kind of a creature of uh, a creature of hunger, you know, and and uh, an impulse. Well, I've got a question so for we, you. We, we answer that. We yeah. we show why he's more powerful than yeah. other uh, other yeah. vampires. Uh, what did you think of uh, the hungering? The hungering. What do you mean? Uh, mean? The yeah. film. Oh, the hunger. You mean the, the hunger. hunger? Is it not the? Uh, sorry, the hunger. Well, that's uh, that's a continuation of the lesbian vampire motif, and I, I think mm. it's, it's fantastic. I mean, the opening sequence with fucking Bauhaus singing uh, uh, "Bella Goes He's Dead" as David Bowie and Catherine Deneuve are, are hunting through a uh, a nightclub for their victims. Yeah, really, really, really compelling. Yeah, and, and I was in art school at the time that movie came out. And all of the girls that I had crushes on wanted to go see that movie, so I saw it a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> well, the novel the lesbian the novel vampire is an important genre is, to keep is, alive. Uh, uh, Whitley Strieber is pretty good, and it yeah. has a very different ending than you'd expect from a from a vampire novel. Very different, and uh, I think though the film is different from the book, they're both excellent, and both. Uh, and I thought Tony Scott captured it. 
and, and Dick Smith's makeup on David Bowie uh, is just award-winning. And is, to the to yeah, the thing yeah. I love, I loved all the caskets up in the attic. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah that's that's cr- that's really. I mean, creepy. you know, once he gets to be the problem with aging makeup is that you know, as a person ages, they lose flesh. You know what yeah. I mean? They they their 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 yeah. uh, muscle <laughs> structure starts to collapse. Aging makeup, you are adding on top of flesh, so it's hard to continue it. Now, they did a great job with him aged 20, 30, 40 years. When finally he's aged almost 100 years, he looks like he has a pumpkin head. You know yeah. what I mean? It, it's, it's swollen. So it's uh, it's just a testimony to how difficult that is to do without any CGI. But hold it off really well. He did. He yeah. did. Mm-hmm. Um, let's gr- oh, we just had another. Let's grab uh Zale with the five dollars. Has Matt and Kelly seen Castlevania on Netflix? I know it's more focused on Dracula's henchmen, creatures, and Trevor Belmont. But what did you guys think of it? I, if you saw it? It. I, I actually liked it. I've seen, yeah. I saw, I think the first two seasons, and um, whenever Does, I get, is that animated? Is that yeah. animated? Yes, yeah. and I and I did like it, and I thought it had a lot of it had a lot of verve to it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Crit Nature with a 10 Swiss. How do you guys feel about Netflix's Dracula? The first episode had a great representation of Dracula with an intriguing atmosphere. But after that, the writers stopped trying and it became a joke. Hmm. I would I would argue the opposite, that they tried too hard. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, yeah I, I would... There were still say- things I liked in that final episode. There was stuff I liked in the second episode as well. But yeah, they were trying too hard with an agenda of some. It kind. was, and and it it probably failed on the premise that uh, I'm a, I'm a fan of uh, what Gatiss will do, and and that he's a fan of things. He does great Mr. James uh, adaptations at Christmas that I think are quite good. Um, in fact, he just uh, had done the Mezzotint. I think the last one he did was the Mezzotint. It was terrifying, um, and a really good take on it on Mr. James. I didn't know how you'd film that, and he did it, but. With this, I had high hopes that he was going to do something, and he did. At certain times, you go, "That's pretty good," or "That's yeah." Pretty, yeah pretty there good. was there was good stuff throughout. Yeah, um, and so it's, it's a and touchy so, thing when you bring Dracula into the modern day. It's it's really tough to. It is. It is. And, very and I thought tough. that's where they kind of fell down. You know. Yeah, and and I think uh, I think Matt's right. Tried too hard rather than just let the character do its thing. Mm-hmm. The, but the second episode with you know him on the boat, I thought there was a lot of good shit in that. There was. Uh, it, it was certainly not the way it, it unfolds in the novel, but you know, they, yeah. I, as we've said, almost no screen adaptation unfolds yeah. the way it does in the novel. True, yeah. It, and limited time, limited, you know. So it's yeah. Uh, Bogum with a twenty-five Romanian cheers for Romania House of Dracula. Hey, <laughs> I'm telling you, trying to make trying to make the people from Romania happy with this. That's my goal. Is hey. I don't know. They're never asked how do they feel about. Uh, uh how how dracula's treated or anything like that i mean um so in back of my mind i'm going okay this is this is for the people of old wallachia yeah you guys i was talking earlier about uh on another uh, interview uh, uh i discovered this movie from 2018 it's a turkish film called vlad the impaler okay, and in, yeah. in it he's basically darth vader he's the evil fucking warlord enemy of of the the muslim people right and there's like a uh, a Muslim super team of warriors who assemble like the Justice League. They each have a special like battle battle style, you know. And uh, it's it's 
It's just like, wow, that's a cool take on it. Yeah. <laughs> Although, what Darth Vader's got against Muslims, I'll never Birthday Freak 67 with a $10. Hey, Matt and Kelly, have you seen or heard of the manga Helsing? How do you feel about uh, Auckland being a, a regenerated uh, Dracula who is uh, contracted by Helsing's daughter against Yahtzee's? And the Catholic Church. Didn't we? We had a, I think, a question similar to that earlier with the same, the same. No, reference. I've been wanting to. I've heard. I've had people tell me about this version, and I do want to see it. And uh, one of my kids reads manga, so I, I'm going to see if he can find it for me. Um, Dereo, God of Rage, with the ten dollars, is just back the hundred twenty-five dollar tier as well. You guys got me hyped. Also, love the Thor issues where he fights uh, Varne. Dracula and vampires spread out issue number wise, but I dig it. Thor's my favorite hero, and okay. just a little, a little uh, checksy poo. Uh, you've gone up to a hundred, uh, two hundred and sixteen thousand on the wow. campaign. Great. Wow! So, uh, chat, massive, Great. massive props to you. Thank you. Link you at the top of the chat you. if you're uh, interested in checking out their upcoming uh, Dracula Impaler uh, book one. Uh, there's only two days left of the campaign, so uh, don't miss out. I thought somebody was going to... I was going to answer a question about this earlier, but I thought this, this might pop up. So here we go. Humble Dirt Merchant with a $5. Van Helsing versus Jack Crow from John Carpenter's Vampires. Who wins? I fucking hated John Carpenter's Vampires. I, <laughs> I hated that film as well. I it's thought just, it was... You know, especially when you, you the, the, the absolute roaring heights of earlier carpenter films you know it's just like really this is what he's come to it was yeah. like if john carpenter was given a cw show it kind of felt yeah, like that, yeah, that sort yeah. of downgrade from what he's done to i actually um, tried to read the novel uh uh to see if uh you know what went wrong i couldn't make it through the novel either yes yeah. it was not oh wow oh, really matt you couldn't get through it <laughs> That's not, you read everything i do but yeah. I, I can tell pretty quick whether i'm going to continue or not and yeah was, okay roaring still media with a ten dollar hail kelly and matt all-time champs and legends both of you kelly is in my top three artists of all time and Ooh. matt shadow year one made me a fan of that character can't wait for the impaler cheers of course grendel coming out on the 22nd yeah 22nd little, of this month uh, I'll do a little more self-promotion there. If you like Shadow Year One, I did two other Shadow uh, things. Uh, I did a five-issue series that I also wrote. I just wrote Year One, but I did a five-issue series that I wrote Andrew called The Death of Margot Lane. Ooh. And then, of course, we did a crossover with uh, Grendel versus The Shadow. Yeah. Mm, there you go. That I also wrote and drew. Both of those colored by my son, Brennan Wagner. Yeah, that, that was good. Uh, and they've also stuck another five dollar super. Got to ask: Is Kelly available for custom commissions? If so, well, how do you get them? Well, I will. <laughs> <laughs> Love you guys. Great work. Yeah. Certainly, eventually. they can always contact me through Twitter or Facebook or whatever. Yeah. There you go. Get on it. Get yeah. on it. Big ups to Jesus Davila with a dropping a quick ten. Yeah. Uh, let's grab another. Lots of uh, this is lots of lots of uh, horror talk. This is really good, actually. Uh, really enjoying. Yeah, this. bring it on. We love it. Yeah. Uh, Kryptonian Jedi with a two dollar. I just pledged for the hardcover, and I cannot wait. Uh, excellent. Uh, what's your first thought with a five Canadian question for the panel? 
If Dracula is based on the real life Vlad the Impaler, shouldn't Dracula have a Romanian slash slash Turkish accent? We addressed this a little bit earlier. No. Twice in the book, Jonathan Harker talks about how good Dracula's English is. Yeah, he made a point to learn it. Yep. He makes a point to learn it. Um, Dracula himself says, I don't speak English all that well. And Harker objects. He says, no, you you speak it very well. Yeah, and mm-hmm. the first time he mentions it is that uh, Dracula speaks uh, excellent, uh, quote, excellent English with a strange intonation, mm-hmm. which again, as I said earlier, to my mind, means he just hasn't spoken to a living human being in probably fifty years or so. Mm. And we're dealing, actually, we're not even handling that aspect of him in ours. It's it's uh, uh, that's down the road. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Kalioth with a five dollars says Helsing's ultimate is the standard for vampires. Nazi occult and religious violence of Catholicism versus Britain. Your jaw will never leave the floor. Yeah, well, well, I've heard a pretty hearty endorsement. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, okay, so let me let me clarify again real quick. Helsing is manga. Is that what I should be looking for? Yes. Okay, yeah. got it. From from what yeah, from what I can gather, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh Stepmon's Dream with 150 Danish Netflix Castlevania is a must watch. It's a lot of here we go. Here we go again. You- Fading fast, ten pounds. Helsing's ultimate. Oh, here's the, here's mostly, the opposing. Oh, mostly. Yeah, here's, <laughs> here's the opposing element. Yeah. It's mostly superficial, and it's so edgy it borders on parody. This is yeah. becoming. This is coming mm. from someone who has berserk as their favorite thing. Sorry, chat. Had to be said. There you go. Fighting torque. You know, uh, because, yeah, please everybody. Kelsey. Nothing Kelsey. pleases everybody. You know, no. I, 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 Kelly and I between us have eighty years in the comic book industry, and if there's one thing we've learned. Can't please everybody. No, <laughs> no. And, and so and you that, end up, the only thing you can do is please yourself. You know. Yeah. Out exactly. of curiosity, not trying to start a fight, but is there anything you two kind of disagree on in Dracula's interpretation and the way he should be? Is there anything? Uh, in in what we're doing together? Yeah. Um. Uh, no, not me, not not in our creation. I don't. No, think, I think. Oh, I is think there some Dracula thing you like that I don't? I can't remember. Uh. We are so in sync. I think yeah, none of the I, females I, should have anything less than a thirty-six double D. But that's just <laughs> me. Uh, no, because all the things that Matt wanted in vampire stuff, I wanted in, which I think most people do anyway. That's that's why we come to it. But hmm. no, I think in when we're working together, there are times uh, that we'll try to make something sharper. We'll try to get to something, uh, be clearer or or maybe present it better. Um, and in that regard, because like I said, I had been such a fan of his work, I, you trust someone because I, I know he does it to himself. So if he says this panel here, or that page there, we need to tweak or do. Yeah, that's fine. But ultimately, it's because I agree with that view of the character and, and, and for me it's always uh i keep telling people that in my role in this project is i'm the storytelling bitch yeah i'm mm-hmm. i'm, yeah. I'm the, you know any anytime i go to kelly this part isn't working it's always due to storytelling it was the yeah. same with jose's coloring yeah. jose's coloring was great but i go okay wait no uh two panels before this happens we have to you know blah blah blah, blah but blah, that blah. being said it's very organic working relationship so yeah. so there's been things that have come out of this that that was uh the some of us, not not one or the other. Yeah, and we, that's that's what great comics do. We've we've known each other like thirty five years. It felt yeah. like when we started this, it felt like we'd already been working together twenty five of those. Yeah, years, true, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You kind of got that because I mean, 
to me, Dracula, it's very primal. Yeah. You know, you're dealing with very basic primal instincts, feeding, hunger, lust, sex, yeah. you know, there's the self-preservation, you know? Cruelty. Um, yeah, yeah, cruelty, yeah. yeah. You know, there's this there's, there's very primal um, sort of Impulse. survival of the fittest elements to that. And, and so, yeah, you know, they're, they're great things to play with. And, and, he's, you know, and he's uniquely alone. Yes. Yeah, there's a, there's a superficiality in our to his, his I don't relationship. Want to say a whole lot more than that, but especially in our version. Yeah, he's uniquely alone, and I think I think uh, um, that makes him interesting for a lot of people. I mean, uh, uh, obviously, there's people who, uh, in certain incarnations, will will enjoy the whole aspect of vampirism until you actually have to do it, and then it's sure. disgusting. Um, and, and there's a fascination and fear of blood itself, you know, um, if you go give blood for a blood test, a lot of people faint, they're ready for you to faint. Uh, and even the people who say they aren't going to faint, faint, you know, so, um, it's, everyone understands their mortality is tied up. I'm, I'm oh, the guy yeah, that's yeah. always looking at the tube going, yeah, oh. Matt, <laughs> Matt, Matt, like, let me see how it works, you know? Yeah. Look at the house spurts. Oh, it's kind of thick and glaucous. <laughs> drink more. Yeah, drink more water, Matt. You got to yeah. drink more water. <laughs> Get those thinners in. Uh, Josh Kelsey, big ups to Josh. He's a good man. Uh, uh, Grand Admiral uh, Adam with a 10-month membership says, how about the movie Shadow of the Vampire? It's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah I like it. A lot it. of fun. Yeah, great, I like Great it cast. Uh, Malkovich, I think, kind of, you know, everybody talks about uh, Defoe as uh, the Max Shrek vampire uh I, I think Malkovich almost steals the show from yeah. him as as the uh, very kind of high strung and exacting and and passionate. Uh, and anything, I mean, he he anything to get it on camera. I yeah. love that. Yeah. He'll let yeah. his he'll yeah. let his crew get eaten to get that shot. Yeah, That's yeah. Great. Uh, Gary's beer crabs again with a five dollars says Underworld was cool because they made the OG vampire uh, Corvenus, who was a real world rival of Vlad the Impaler. Corvenus. Corvenus. Bill Nye would say it as well. Uh, yeah, because Victor Thomas, I forget all the, the names, but they had like OG vampires, werewolves, the, the king of them, and then the, the virus, so to speak, spread, and they were in their coffins and stuff. There's loads of cool pieces of lore from the underworld sort of IP, but as far as I remember, it got goofier as it went along. And they, they spoiler alert, Bill Nye doesn't make it past the first film, and they clearly regretted that. Uh, yes. Yeah. In post. yeah. They I'll made agree. him come back in flashbacks, and then they made him come back in a prequel movie. And it's just like you guys. No, it was just it was just good comics. That's how it felt to me when I first watched it. It was yeah. just a good comic book. Yeah. Uh, lower, lower lip liquor again. Lower lips liquor with a. Uh, it's going for both of them, not just one. You know, multitasking. Uh, with a two dollar like the movie Daybreakers, a bite would cure you. You know, I have not seen Daybreakers. I keep meaning to. Uh, it's uh, it's streaming wise, you got to pay for it, so I just haven't uh, taken the bite, so to speak. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I keep meaning to watch that. Yep. <laughs> uh, Shake from the Hunger Team with a five dollar says, "I just backed the project." Thank you, sir. Uh, the Kickstarter folks link. I have pinned the uh, link at the top of the chat. So, uh, you know, if you've been curious, you want to check I it am, out? I have a question for all three of you and for all of chat, essentially, just let me know. Who do you, this, this is kind of interpreted your own way in terms of uh, how you'd answer it. But if it was uh, vampires versus werewolves, who do you, which do you find as lore, like the more interesting, the more vampires. potential? 
the <laughs> which one do you like more? You know that sort of. I, idea I like vampires. That, you know, werewolves are a little one note. Um, yeah. Uh, now that said, there's a really terrific. My favorite werewolf book is by a British author named Glenn Duncan, and it's called The Last Werewolf. And it was so popular, he later wrote two sequels to it, and and it eventually involves uh, uh, kind of the war between werewolves and vampires, yeah. in a in a much better way than I think the Underworld films did. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, the first one's. Great. Well, see, in my head, see, in my head, wolves always serve vampires. I know that yeah, right. do that, but they right. always serve yeah. uh, the vampire. That, that's mm -hmm. that. Uh, I always liked uh, the old Lugosi film where his familiar is a werewolf. Yeah. Um, uh, Return of the Vampire is. It's, I just I dug that, and it was just done without saying anything. He's just there's the guy. He's a werewolf, and I thought that's good. You know. I like um, werewolves. You can bring in the sort of um, Jekyll and Hyde aspect. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I love werewolves. Vampires love... are vampires all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love I'm... werewolves. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm yeah. with you on them. Um, I prefer vampires and I find vampires just fascinating. Like these, there's so many different versions you can take. Because one of the ones yeah. I guess we haven't fully talked about kind of is like the, they're trying to escape death forever. Like the immortality leads you to becoming a monster and the, the mm. aristocratic sort of like posh and intelligent and, uh authoritative but also they can so to speak almost wolf out and be like horrifying creatures that will just you know eat your blood sort of thing like i well, love that yeah. juxtaposition i like i like that you also can take it that they're cursed with immortality and even though yeah they wish to die they can't do it because the curse keeps them going but mm. they uh, it's the great stoker line there's some things worse than death mm. you know yeah and it's to it's to live what, what that's the old biblical curse right immortality yes yeah that's why heaven is the uh yeah it's it's so you think these guys i mean that's the thing i like what we're doing is he's got he's now got to deal with this you know you just jumped up a quick another grand and a half 217 and a half thousand now that's great a, thanks thank well, you there's a hunger for Dracula, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I think I think to be honest, right, without trying to like stick dicks up asses here, I think there's a there's a hunger for quality, and I think there's a hunger uh to to hear what you guys have been saying today. I mean, everything that's been said today from you guys isn't just knowledgeable, but it but it's passion and and it's and it's care and it's attention and it's detail. And this this is our audience. This is us. This is who we are more well, than like me, Matt said, the audience. We, we did this on spec just because he had a great idea and I love the idea and I just wanted to see it on paper. And I knew I knew it was going to show up somewhere. I just wanted it to be him and me until mm. we got that all worked out. And like he said, uh, we're in this, like Dracula, we're in this new world that we had to figure out how do you do that with crowdfunding and all that. But I always felt that the, the strength of what he had written and what it was pulling out of me it will register with people when they read it. I I'm desperate for that. To, that it is, um, uh, it's uncompromised. Here, uh, so here uh, this is a good opportunity to to trot around our bragging rights here. Sure. Uh, when we first announced this on uh, Twitter, I got a response from uh, Leslie Klinger, who is uh, acknowledged as one of the world's uh, foremost uh, Dracula scholars. Uh, he's he's written. Uh, uh, a bunch of just exhaustively annotated uh, volumes over the years. He did a, a really fabulous, fully annotated Sherlock Holmes, the complete adventures of Sherlock mm -hmm. Holmes. He did the latest annotated version of Dracula. He's done annotated 
Frankenstein, Jekyll and Hyde, H.P. Lovecraft. Guy yeah. knows his shit. Yeah, he does. And uh, he commented on our, our initial tweets that, you know, oh, this sounds fascinating, you know, um, very exciting. And so I contacted him and said, Leslie, man, we would love to show you the book. You know, I have your annotated Dracula and I highly respect what you do. And um, we'd love to show you the book. And, you know, if you want to give us a, a quote, a blurb, that would be awesome. But, you know, just just love to share. And uh, he came back with this just glowing review that just felt like we were we had gotten an A plus in Draculology. Dracula. <laughs> well, Matt had to worry more than me. I'm just drawing it. Matt actually did the research. <laughs> yeah. You know, did you get everything right, Leslie? Please. If, if he didn't, I was going to let Matt hear it and say, "Well, I held up my end." <laughs> <laughs> but we, well, you're not talking anyone out of the theater. You, you know, but that's what. We want quality, you know. We want, we want, we want the quality. We want the passion. We want the uh, the law. These are all things which which nerds geeks we we all give a toss about. So to, I mean, you know, Kelly, you've been on the show a uh, couple of three times now, and uh, you know, your work speaks for itself because it's so visual. Uh, you know, Matt, you're the wordsmith, and that that's a little bit more difficult to translate to an audience. That's why when you when you see you know when you see that trailer and you hear that that voice actor and you get those words going and then when you go through your process you know that you've you've gone through and, and the knowledge that's behind that that you know just puts so much credence on 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 uh something for people to get in uh excited about and uh and, and get involved with something yeah I, I mean i you know i got absolutely no doubt about this when well you know with the two names attached to it it's just like this is this is going to be something special and I, i'm very excited for this to come out i really am uh, Kenny Justice with a two dollar Helsing. Father Anderson was such a badass. Are you man? Uh, Jay with a five dollar Helsing is manga, and Helsing Ultimate is the anime counterpart. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yep. There you go. Yep. Thank you, Jay. Uh, sourcing is out there. Uh, Cannibal the Dragon with a one month membership says, "What do you think a dra uh, think Dracula would think?" Of what is going on in the world today, how would he fit into today's society? I, I would. Can I, I? I'll just. I'll just. Yeah, start the ball rolling. Yeah, you're, you're I totally would see him as a politician. Probably so. I mean, certainly that's the approach that uh, Kim Newman takes in his Anno Dracula series, which right. is uh, the counterpart to Stoker. In that one, uh, the British heroes do not defeat him, and he ends up marrying Queen Elizabeth after Prince Albert dies. And, right. Okay. And basically, you know, not Queen Elizabeth, Victoria. Queen Victoria, excuse me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and kind of basically taking over the world, you know. Hmm. Um, I cer certainly think he'd be aimed at it. Um, in another sense, uh, he might find. He might find the complexities of the modern world uh, vexing in, in a way that would just piss him off. Um, I don't know if any of you watched uh, the latest adaptation on is it Netflix or I think it's on FX of Anne Rice's uh, interview with the vampire. No, no. Uh, it's quite good. Um, uh, so the uh, you know, there's in her books, there's a uh, there's always a distinctly overriding uh, homosexual element to the relationship between the vampires, the stat and Louis, you know, you you get the feeling that they're lovers in this. It's very overt. And it's set in the 20s as opposed to uh, colonial days. And uh, Louis, the vampire being interviewed, is black. So he's a triple outsider. He's a vampire, he's black, and he's queer. And uh, the, the setup is that the interviewer from the original book is, has found him again years later. 
and uh, uh, is interviewing him again in the aftermath to get more of the story. And Louis is now living in uh, what are those fucking balloons? What the, <laughs> Louis, is, Louis is now living in that giant. What's that giant uh, tower in Dubai? Um, oh in, yeah, I, I know in, what uh, you're talking about. The one that they did. Yeah, the Khalifa, you know, yeah, the yeah. one that uh, Tom Cruise brought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, you know, I, part of me thinks like maybe, maybe that's what Dracula would do. Somehow, you know, just sequester himself at the top of the world and and watch watch the petty humans go through all their fucking mm -hmm. bullshit you know uh, like like he like he sequestered himself in his castle i always thought he'd work behind the scenes yeah um, mm -hmm. uh because uh it, it, that he would be smart enough to realize that um some battles you can't win yeah and that he would also be working towards where he could make himself known to everyone it, he would have to be working yes. those pieces to the time to where he would be in charge because his his ego will not allow otherwise. Yeah, yes, yeah. that's why I think. Is, is, yeah, is, is, yeah, I mean, he would still be just incredibly manipulative in many. Because many ways. first, first and foremost, he's a a great uh, strategist warlord. Yeah, and he's got to play the power politics of the church, the Turks, and the boyars all at the same time. And, and, and yet I wonder how he would approach that in regards to the fact that now in the modern world, there are weapons that could destroy a huge amount of the world. So, right. you know, he, he's as a strategist, he would be faced with, you know, how do I work this? You know, he doesn't want to destroy a lot of his food source. You know, no. um, we, we kind of take that approach in the in the book a bit uh, in the second book in that. Uh, oh, a little bit of spoiler here. Um yeah. In that, uh, he's not, you know, he has learned to control his hungers because he realizes he could, he could work his way through his, the, the humans can't reproduce as fast as he can prey on them. You know, True. so he has to, yeah. he has to kind of hold back and, and, uh, be selective in when and how he feeds, you know? Yeah. I'm not going out. There would be big uh, people. There would be big people farms in his world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, you could go down some dark, uh, yes. dark routes. I mean, I could, I could see him operating, you know, far, far eastern Russia um, camps. Well, you know, I think that I think you, Hammer you, did it, and using did it well that he didn't want to live religion anymore. or something to to get people in there, ethnic, you know, something uh, which well, we we have seen before. You know, you got you got that element that you could just see him. Yeah, I mean, he's obviously not opposed to ethnic cleaning. We saw him doing it. No, I think yeah. I think Hammer, <laughs> the Hammer Films people did a good version where he doesn't want to live anymore, but his arrogance and his ego won't allow him to be destroyed. Yes. But what he's going to do is kill the whole world, right? So he won't have anything to feed on, and yeah, that yeah. will kill him. And I thought that that's pretty Vlad the Impaler arrogant at that point. He's went insane now, but that's that's his solution is kill everybody, and then I'm the last thing standing. Uh, <laughs> uh let's go. Sorry, just seen something coming up. It's quite funny. Uh Jack Hallows with a ten dollar vampire hunter D bloodlust was a very good story, and I recommend. I haven't. Um, I, I read some of the Vampire Hunter D stuff in the early days. I haven't read it in a long, long time. Uh, I, I, you know, people have been recommending manga here a whole lot. Manga has never truly connected with me. Um, that's just about all I have to offer on that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Fairir Samra with the five dollars is not much of a comic book reader, but I couldn't resist picking up that foil hardcover. Yeah, right. Sorry, on. boys, you're down to ten now. Yeah. Let's have a look. Oh my lordy, let's have a quick well, countdown. Fairir, I will say, there's nothing, there's nothing comic book artists mm. and creators like better than when they they bring uh, a new uh, a new reader into the fold. You yeah, know? sure. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, but yeah, you're down to a dozen. You're down to twelve limited edition Dracula book hardcovers. Because oh, there's, I, I've it. seen it happen so often. You know, people that uh, didn't grow up reading comics, like all four of us, obviously did. And yet, when you can hit them with that right comic, okay, Mollard and <laughs> you can hit them with that right comic. All of a sudden, you'll see the addiction take hold. They they want more. They want that experience. Yes. You know. Yeah, well, yeah, it's, 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 it's a very a, it's such thing. a private thing, and that's what is cool about it. It's private. It's unique. The voices that they speak with, they're in your head. I, you know, it's it's all. That's what kind of makes it, and it's highly acceptable. Uh, uh, you, you you get a more eccentric kind of uh, experience out of it. The people mm. making it are usually the readers are. I certainly was when I'm reading them, so it, it's more fun. Hey. Yeah, uh, Guys, I got somebody coming up to my door here. I'm going to have to hop off for sure. about 15 minutes, maybe. I well, I mean, uh, yeah, sure. we're going to do a couple of these in wrap. So if you, if you wanted to, you could uh, just okay, give a little bit of a... Come back when you can. Yeah. Do, yeah. do you want me to wrap up? Or how well, you, you, can, you can either wrap up or, you know, uh, probably wise to, to, to give a thing just in case okay, we are well, done. Uh, uh, you know, it just uh, if I don't end up coming back, uh, just everybody, thanks so much for your support. Obviously... If you've been watching, and as as is saying there, you know Kelly and I are obviously like completely devoted to this uh, mm. project, and we're insanely proud of it, and we can't wait for everybody to read it. And uh, if you're at all on the fence, we only got two more days. Go check it out. Two, 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 two. Yeah, <laughs> that's, a, that's a great story. Here, I got another cool story to add to that, and then I really got to go. Um, I just found out the other day. You know, contrary to uh, what modern cinema would tell us uh women really weren't on the battlefield in the old days very much yeah no. except in the aftermath when they were sent into the battlefield to count the enemy soldiers that had fallen right mm. and of course they couldn't drag the bodies out by themselves to do a full count so they had a big sack they would wear and they would lop off the hands and and throw the hands in there and that became known as a handbag yeah uh wow <laughs> and yeah, on that note we got to roll fellas i thought you were going to say hand job yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, so hang on, I might be able to come back here in just like a minute. Okay. So, so all right, sure, sure. I'll just uh, I'll stick you in the back. You're not going to get rid of me, as yeah, I am no, 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 that's good. I'm just Matt's in the back. He's not gone. He's just in the I back. I am. I am never. You can't get rid of me. <laughs> I don't want to get rid of you. Okay. Kelly. I don't want to get rid of you. Okay. Uh, but let's bring the misses in. Because uh, <laughs> uh, Lynn Jones. With yes. the five dollars says, as I've seen them, which I imagine is the bobs in the book, uh, you're in luck. Not only will the females meet your expectations, uh, you'll get a full view to judge for yourself. Well, I'm a connoisseur. Hey, I'm yeah. only drawing what I was told to draw. You just do if you job. embellish at any point, that's <laughs> oh just nature. God. It's it's uh. <laughs> Well, why did you come to Hammer Films in the old days, As What was the big, what oh, were the it, two it, big it was, reasons? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the Hammer <laughs> Films were with the, uh, you know, you were going there for, for beautiful ladies. Yes. Uh, with with curvaceous bodies that you yeah. lusted after. Well, I mean, Matt did not disappoint in that area. 
There you go. Is that, <laughs> Kelly, that's your Lynn? Lynn's, Lynn's pipe yeah. in there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's, here's a great one, actually, because this is this is kind of pushing it to uh, where we are today. <laughs> Eddie Brock with a two-year of video. Thoughts on Marvel's vampires, Blade, Morbius, Dracula? Well, we talked about this a little bit earlier, how much we liked the uh, the, the uh, uh, Wolfman and Colin Dracula. And of course, that's where Blade was introduced. Yeah. Morbius, uh, you know, there was, uh, we were talking about the comics code a little bit earlier. For years, you were not allowed to have full-on vampires and werewolves. Uh, Kelly was talking about how when the, the code's grasp started to be broken by Marvel in the 70s, all of a sudden Marvel went full-on with, uh, mm -hmm. you know, Son of Satan and Ghost Rider and Werewolf by Night. Lilith. The first... Yeah, their first introduction was Morbius, and that's why he was called the living vampire, so that he was distinguished from being a real vampire, and the comics code wouldn't get upset. Wow. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. And Fucking they, and they uh, I've had the good fortune to know guys from that period, worked with Minch and Ween and oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Hartwell, and they all jumped at it when that happened. Yeah. Uh, I think the Curtis Black and White Publications, too, mm -hmm. Matt, they are real, they even go further. Mm -hmm. uh, where you get Neil Adams did some great stuff with Dracula and Solomon Kane, and they're pretty explicit. Yeah, and to, to wrap that back a little bit to something I was talking about earlier, uh, when I was at Tarantino's place, so he had just been to the San Diego Con, and he had, he had come home with a stack of maybe 50 of those Curtis publication, the Marvel oversized black and white mags. So like yeah. Deadly Dance <clears throat> Kung Fu, Dracula Lives, Tales of the Zombie, and that, that was my jam back in the day so we we spent a lot of time just reminiscing about that i always love uh that very quietly um martin scorsese loved those curtis magazines too and yeah, he throws yeah. one at the end of goodfellas you can see they're reading uh 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 the uh, one of the zombie magazines that they had yeah, done. yeah um but he had loved them too so anything about that was different like, i said to quentin because you know how recognizable quentin is right yeah. i mean he, he's He's just famous as a personality himself, not yeah. just as a director. And uh, I said, wait a minute. You were at the San Diego Con? How the fuck did you walk around and not get mobbed? Yeah. And he was wearing a, uh, a, a Mexican wrestling mask. Luke <laughs> <Dumbo. laughs> nice. Yeah. 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 Well done. But, that's the, but, you know, he did it the right way, Matt. He went and bought and dug through the bins and looked for it. That's how you get comics. Is, yeah. It's the yep. fun of the hunt. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the best. That's the most. Yeah. Sure, yeah. we buy them, you know, in a shop or maybe no, online. sent a guy but out. Just go get me yeah. whatever I want. But I like the fact you go and you dig through the bins. And uh, oh, my wife yeah. has gotten into buying comics, romance stuff. And she loves digging for those things. And you find that issue. And I go... It's like Matt's thing, the smell of it. There's certain aspects to this that you, oh, you they're wonderful. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh, oh, oh. well, that he puts a letter to the, the, the back of his yeah. book. I still dig letters, a physical letters page. I always used to, when I read, you know, my comics, always would read the letter page. That was part yeah. of the process. Oh, Matt, yeah. did you ever write? Did and you plus, you write... just felt a connection to fellow readers, you know? Did mm. you ever write a fan letter to a book, Matt? No. Oh, yeah. Well, I, Eh, I don't want to say fan letter. I sent uh, I sent Michael Gilbert a drawing of uh, um, Mr. Monster one time, which he ran in his fan letters page. I didn't really intend it as a fan letter. Yeah. And same, I did a drawing of Nexus that I sent to Steve Rude, and they also ran in their fan letters page. Oh. So, yeah. I like that. Crit Nature with a five Swiss. In the show Penny Dreadful, Dracula was portrayed as the brother of the devil. 
Okay. Uh, it was an interesting concept, in my opinion. Also, great show, especially season one. Yeah. Hey, I only watched about one. half of season one. I, I didn't. Yeah. Did you watch more than that, Kel? Yeah, I I enjoyed the first season, but what what happened to me was, um, I thought there was they were going to go into different areas and do certain different things, and it it kind of got off the monster track, and that they're alone, and that you know that universal thing. Uh, but when it worked, it worked well. I loved, and I loved, um, uh, what's his name? Rory, Rory Kinnear is uh, Rory Kinnear. Yes. He yeah. was the standout to me. He actually, who, who he Rory, Rory Kinnear, Rory Kinnear. Plays the monster. Frankenstein. 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 Yeah. 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 Oh, I, monster. oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I thought, thought that was a neat, that was a neat portrayal. Yeah. Yes. And I liked, I liked that. In fact, it started to be where I wanted the show to be him and, and Victor, because it mm. was, it was mm. that was interesting. That was mm. very interesting. Uh, Rory and, and, you know, that's always my point when you have these team up things like that, where you try and squeeze all. Well, they're of the trying main... to do the old Universal monster rallies. I know, yeah. but it's yeah. just it wasn't. It just dilutes things in my yeah. in my book, you know. Yeah. Uh, Timothy Dalton, by the way, was great. Penny Dreadful. Yes, he was. Um, yeah. yes. Rory Kinnear uh, is the son of uh, a guy called Roy Kinnear, yes. who was actually a British uh, comedic actor. Yeah. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah. Well, he's uh, in he's in Taste the Blood of Dracula as the guy who collects Dracula's remains and sells them yeah, to yeah, yeah. Ralph Bates. Yes, <laughs> so he has he has cred. I always loved him in um, Three Musketeers, the uh, uh, the uh, three and three uh, three Musketeers. Oh, uh, the Richard Lester, four, my, my favorite, my favorite take on those. Uh... Yeah, that's and where he's, he died. He's that's where he died. Quite good in those. He's very who's, who's very good in those. Who is he in those, Kel? Uh, he's kind of the sidekick. Mm. To, um, oh, oh, oh! He's yeah. D'Artagnan's servant. Yeah, D'Artagnan's sidekick. Guy? Yeah, he's the oh, he huh. rides with him. Oh, he's hilarious! Yeah, he's, he's really wonderful. Great, yeah, yeah. Yes. he he he's um, I believe he he uh, the way that he died is he he had a he fell off the horse during filming. Yeah, on the last one. Yeah, and I I don't know if it caused like a heart attack or something it, because of it, but. Yeah, it, yeah, he, uh, he died Richard while Lester, filming. Yeah, yeah, I know Lester quit directing after that. He yeah. killed it because they were very, very dear friends, and he felt he killed him. Oh, damn. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah, he's very loved in the UK. You know, there's a new, uh, a new uh, uh, following that same uh, format. There's uh, a new adaptation of the Three Musketeers. Uh, that's a French um, version. So it's say, in French. Are they women? It's in French. No, no, they're not women. no it's yeah, traditional. Eva Green uh, plays Milady de Winter, and she speaks French through the whole film. Yeah. Well, uh, and the first one's called uh, The Three Musketeers D'Artagnan, and the second one's called The Three Musketeers uh, 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 Milady. No, it seems a very straight adaptation. It, it, a, little yeah, more, it, a little more action pumped up. Yeah, but, I and, think what's yeah. kind of cool is they're doing it from the – it's it's Dumas. Yeah. Dumas, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Usu Tag. Uh, with a $19 says, I think the vampires from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure series are pretty interesting. They can freeze targets with their icy cold touch, shoot beams of their essence through their eyes, and drink blood with their fingertips. Okay, I'd say those are different right. creatures then. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? That's like it's just another kind of monster altogether. Yeah. Which sounds fine, but, you know, it's... I want fangs. Yeah, me too. Sure. Uh... HP Lovecraft is coming in for a oh, quick hello. Hey. Uh, how you doing, dude? Yeah. Uh, just reincarnated for this stream with a $10. Uh, 
That is not dead, which can eternal lie, and in strange eons, even Marvel may die. <laughs> Still the still the wordsmith, I see. You know, Uh, the fan with no name has been a member for two months. Says vampires in cyberpunk. Yes or no? The replicants in Blade Runner had an almost Lost Boys feel to them. Interesting to see how the genres could blend. Yeah, you can do that. You can do vampires can be in anything. It's it's how you want to do it. I mean, one of my favorite old movies was Queen of Blood, where you know, here's this alien coming uh, from some other planet and they, instead of being to Earth, uh, life force. Yeah, well, it crashes on Mars, so they have to go to Mars and... It's a different film he's talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so they go to Mars and you realize, you know, she's this beautiful woman who doesn't speak and she's very, very cool and one by one the crew starts, you know, she's... uh, eating all the men on the ship and hates the one woman, you know, um, <laughs> it's great. It's a low budget, so a regular woman then. Gotcha. Yes. It's, gotcha. it's territory. Uh, yeah. but, but it's a terrific low budget little horror film with, uh, John Saxon and Dennis Hopper. Yeah. Cool. Um, I always love John yeah. Saxon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. It, by, by the way, life force, love me life. Force, I do too. Yeah, and I, do. I love the, the source novel space vampires. I was just mm. uh, talking to my wife about how much I like that book. Oh, uh, Patrick Stewart's first on-screen yeah, kiss, by the on way. a terrific book um, huh. uh, by Colin Wilson. And huh. it, it's it's really, really good. Um, and then, of course, you know, they they uh, uh, do what they do in the – which I love the film. I always had a big – I'm a big fan of Life Force. Uh, the first 20 minutes are about best 20 minutes in a movie. So um, – Oh, uh, where he's recanting the, the story of what happened on the ship? Well – no, when or they just get Matilda the vampire, May's tits. I mean, we, I wish... to, yes, when they get to the uh, vampire queen. Um, wow. Yes. Um, oh, Matilda, Matilda May is uh, unbelievable. Matt, have you ever seen it? Wow. Life for sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Matt knows that, that that's that's how you start a movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a, <laughs> definitely a hook for sure. Um, but but it is it has a great um, Quatermass in the pit feel or five million years to Earth they call it here. It has a gr- that you can tell is a big influence on that film. It's terrific. It's a, I think it's a good film. I think it's a very yeah, underrated film. It's canon, isn't it? Didn't canon do? I Life believe was? so. But but yeah. they let Toby Hooper go to town on it, and it it had great special effects, and I I dug it. Richard Edlund did a really good job. Great Toby cast. Hooper responsible for one of the best vampire films, Salem's all, Lot, all man. time. The TV oh. version of Salem's Lot, the first I'm one. Still, the first still, one the second one's a little closer to the book but it's well, just nowhere near as the, the uh, first effective. one i always used to i always used to want to be on the second floor because i didn't want vampires to come through the, but that ruined it that movie ruined it because they float and they scratch on your window so mm. and my kid used to after i showed my kid that i couldn't find garlic in my kitchen <laughs> and he put, it, he put it in a bowl by his window upstairs. <laughs> uh, Angry Goat with a ten dollars says, "And have you read Salem's Law? I didn't realize yeah. how different it was to most vampire stories till I did. Uh, I'm also from a small main town, and King's depiction of small main town life it's and people is novel. perfect. It's my favorite King novel. It's one of his too. Apparently, yeah, still, I, I think I think uh, the character, the character of Ben Mears, is is spot on. Yeah." Uh, we're First just of, uh, King's many uh, 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 alter ego characters. Yeah, 
but it's right on the characters mm -hmm. right on uh the the it's it's almost um i i uh, love that he has the balls to kill the the the, the romantic lead uh yeah uh, just well, it lulls you. It, it's such a fascinating story without the supernatural aspect. It lulls yeah. you to sleep. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. And you're fascinated with their lives, and yeah. then it starts to do its thing. Yep. Yeah. I'm I'm really disappointed and uh, reticent due to the fact that whatever studio it is has kept pushing back uh, the latest film adaptation. I wonder why that is. Well, you know. The one review, the one account I saw said they they did a preview screening at some festival, and there was laughter. Okay, and that's not what you no. wanted. At a, no, even King Vampire movie. No, um, no. So, but it, you know, it's directed by the guy that uh, wrote the screenplay for both uh, uh, it and it Chapter Two. So, who knows? Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Uh, a couple of people asking, when the campaign ends, will there be a chance to get the book again? Uh, we are just talking about that. Uh, I didn't realize there was that option. <laughs> and it turns out there is. You can, because the, uh, the, the hard publishing fact is that even though we're done, uh, printing in the, uh, Printing graphic novels in the aftermath of the pandemic is kind of like you get in line and wait. So we will yeah. not be, the book won't reach backers until uh, uh, September or October of next year. Um, and I didn't realize that you have the option to still extend the offer to people. We are discussing that with the people that are running our campaign right now. It looks like we probably will. Yeah, but I, yeah. I don't want to promise that. Uh, sure, you know for sure. But yeah, that that, that will, the best way to, the best way to keep a track of that is to follow the campaign right now, even if you're yeah. not pledging right now. Follow it right now. Yeah, then yeah. You continue to get the updates that we post over the course of the upcoming months. So and yes. now that we're aware of uh, a lot of the, you know, Matt and I just always were the makers of books. Now, when you're trying to create these or, or actually publish them, now you're starting to see. Uh, a lot of a whole lot different of, side of things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so the one thing that has in an odd way that has made me even more committed was, well, once we get these coming out, then it is once a year, then it is, then, then that, 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 uh, uh, assembly line will work for us. Right. We are uh, up against the clock. So I'm going to grab a couple more and then we're going to be uh, done. Gentle folk. Uh, Andrew Graham with a five pound says Judge Dredd defeated Dracula. He shot the shape of a cross in his chest. <laughs> it was so this cool. is an opportunity for me to sing the praises of Dredd, one of my favorite comic book movies of all time. Oh, yeah. it's wonderful. Yeah. Tidy, uncomplicated, no fucking character arc for Dredd. He is at the beginning and the end the same character. Yep. Uh, never took off his his helmet. Uh, doesn't Carl cry. Carl Urban doesn't knocked cry. that fucking thing off the planet. That is that's no crying with dread. The story no arc crying. Is I was so she sad that it was story. not a, a commercial hit because mm -hmm. Alex Garland, who has gone on to do all sorts of uh, remarkable things, uh, had it written out as a trilogy, and the last part would have involved oh. Judge Death. Yeah. And oh. It, yeah, I know what might have been. What might have oh. been. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, mean, I can really watch one of the that thing just on an endless heroes. loop. I love yeah. it so much. Yes, and uh, my kids turned me on to that and said, yep. "Dad, you have got to watch this." And it's brilliant. 
It's, yeah, it's and per- I it, sat that, down. That is an almost perfect comic book movie. It is. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It, 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 exactly. If, it, beyond just dread, if I was to say this is what what is a comic book movie supposed to be, that's what it's supposed to yes. be. Yes. Yeah. Not quite um, as good as the again, Stallone version, but pretty good. No, maybe. not you know. Well, what can be? <laughs> and again, dread ninety oh, minutes no in and out. <laughs> ninety minutes in and out. That's it. That's it. Very, yeah. you know. It's, compared to compared to the way Stallone bellows that throughout that whole movie, the one urban where Urban like is talking over the intercom to the building, and he says, "Oh yeah, Mama's not the law. Yeah, Mama's not the law." Just the way I he just says it so like. He doesn't need to yell that shit, you know. No. I love me. I love me some Carl Urban. No. I love me some Carl Urban. Well, he's relentless the way Dredge should be. He's just relentless. Yeah. Yeah. Unflinching. Absolutely yeah. unflinching. Terrific. Uh, Russell Griffin uh, with a five pounds says the Queen of the Damned uh, was an abortion of a movie. The book was great. Isn't that largely due to the uh, uh, whatever her name was, uh, Alicia dying? Uh, during production, the, I don't the think they put a lot of effort into it. I, I thought it would—it seemed like such a step down oh, yeah. from the grandeur of the early ones, and it seemed like a TV movie rather than a theatrical. Well, yeah, they didn't—they didn't put the dough in. For no, sure. it just like, there but, was. And no she money also on. died during filming, didn't she? I believe uh, they, I believe crush, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they had to work yeah. around that. So, yeah. never, never a good option. Never. Uh, no. And uh, Eric K with a two dollar. Have any of you seen Brotherhood of the Wolf? Love it. Love yep. Brother of the Wolf. No. Uh, a, a real cool, uh, real cool, pulpy story set in uh, 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 what era of France? The 1780s, something like that? Well, they're, they're the ones who started the werewolf stuff. Um, the, the first, yeah. They're, yeah. they're the ones who started writing werewolf stories yep. And, yep. and had it in their history the way, you know, uh, yep. Transylvania had Vlad. Hey, uh, so totally off topic. Let me uh, yes. uh, make a great recommendation here for a, a show that uh, a lot of people don't seem to know about. It's on uh, H. Uh, excuse me, Max. It's on Max. Uh, Warrior. Has anybody watched this? So there's three seasons of it. It is with a fourth one coming. It is based upon a concept that Bruce Lee tried to develop and never was able to bring to fruition before he died. His daughter mm-hmm. is one of the producers on it. And it is about the Tong Wars in San Francisco in the 1890s. Oh, so huge Asian cast and also huge. Uh, so it's kind of like the Asians versus the Irish in yeah, regards yeah. to their, their, you know, trying to take over my favorite jobs, conflict of all time, by the way. Various uh, underworld <laughs> aspects. Huge cast of characters. They're all incredibly nuanced and well developed. Uh, uh, it it is you know it has a huge amount of uh, very well developed female characters without seeming like it has an axe to grind. Uh, lots of great kung fu in action. It's yeah. brutal as balls. There's yeah. a lot of just bare bare knuckled brutal fighting. It's it's fantastic. I can't rave about it enough. Warrior mm. has a shitty title. Like that's why nobody knows about it. It's like Warrior. Yeah. That sounds ordinary as fuck. You know. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's anything but. It's really really great. Uh. We'll do this one, and this is the final one. If you haven't had your super chat read, I will go through them on Sunday. But we pretty much minced all of them. Great. Uh, so thank you so much. Sparta Chris with a $20. Have you seen the movie Priest, a poorly, edida- uh, poorly adopted uh, film of a manga in a dystopian future where the Catholic Church rules after a thousand-year war with monster vampires is uh, starting back up with priests as the elite warrior? Is this uh, Paul Bethany? Is this the Bethany? Bethany. I remember this was some time ago it came out. I remember it was very, I mean, it was heavy on the dystopian. 
Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've never heard of that. That's yeah. uh, I. When you said it Paul Bettany, what was, what was the one where Bettany played uh, Gabriel, played the angel? Well, it came out around the same time as Abraham Lincoln versus Vampires, if I remember. Yeah, which like, is surprisingly fun, I got to say. Which was fun, which yeah. was fun. Yeah. But yeah. it came out around that same time and kind of killed Vampires for a little was it, bit. Wasn't yeah. it the whole thing? Like, And then there was the Hansel and Gretel at the same yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and... Snow White and the Huntsman and all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there you go. Right. Uh, the clock is against his chat. So uh, thank you so much indeed, everybody. Again, if your super chat wasn't read, I will go through it on Sunday afternoon tea with us, but we did a shit done. Uh, so thank you so much for that. Uh, Kelly and Matt, thank you so much indeed uh, for being on the show today. Uh, Matt, uh, anything you'd like to say before we go? And I'll be back in a second. Well, again, uh, uh, my new Grendel book, Grendel Devil by the Deed, Master's Edition, comes out uh, the 22nd of November. It's an all new retelling of the original hundred rose storyline new all brand new art uh and story by me colored by my son brennan wagner and uh next year sometime is my next grendel series called devil's crucible but uh go check out dracula because it's fucking awesome isn't it kelly i think it's the best thing we've done (laughs) together (laughs) no it's it certainly qualifies yep it is it is um I think it's one of the great things I've been associated with. And, and uh, I took it on as a personal thing just for myself, just, just to do something for myself. I needed the restorative uh, elixir of that script to, to uh, that was just unencumbered by anything. It was just tell a story and, and be un, unencumbered by anything. And it, and it exceeded my dream. So to see it come out, be in print like this with my buddy. Well, it's not in print yet, dude. No, but, but to see it, but to see it like, you know. Um, it will be. Yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, at this point in my career, it's it's a high watermark for me. So I'm yep. very, very pleased. I feel the same. Yeah. Have you bo- are you both gone? Because I had to run down for a quick Amazon delivery. Did it, Have you both gone? No, I'm fine. I'm never Kelly, leaving, ass. I'm no, never no, leaving. No, no, Kelly. <laughs> like before you go. I will be here the whole time. <laughs> he wants to know what you want to talk about before you. you yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, no, I, I'm no. Just I, Dracula. <laughs> yeah, that was I, I. You know me. Link in the chat top. Right. Uh, pinned link at the top, folks, and I will put the link in the description in case you're watching this back. Just go into the description box down below. The link will be there. Uh, please. I mean, hopefully, from what you've heard today from these two guys, uh, I don't think they could have done a better job of showing you exactly how invested they are in this, how much they believe in it, how much they, more importantly for somebody like me, how much they love this stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, and, yeah. That, and that shines through. And, and, you know, I've known Kelly's work for so long now. And I did pick up Batman Grendel, you know, back in, the, back in the day. So, you know, Matt, I've been fully aware. And when Kelly mentioned your name, I was like, oh, what, Grendel? And he's like, yeah, you know, you know. Um, and so, you know, we're talking about a couple of absolute doozies of the industry here, and that, and that in itself just gives me so much faith. So, thank you so much indeed, Molly, 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 Molly. Yes. Anything uh, that you'd like to plug before we go? Well, probably not. Actually, I'll uh, cede my time today. Stay focused on these lads here, these gentlemen, <laughs> these lovely, these love that this lovely pair. Wonderful work. Uh, well, I can so. say that you're bloody hell no. The chat have gone a bit crazy today, and God bless them because yeah. you're literally a couple of bucks short of 221 
thousands. So uh, well, he's yeah, absolutely yeah. shot up. Yeah. Chat, absolutely unreal. The lot yeah. of you. Um, you know, you've seen Kelly on the show multiple times. Matt, welcome back anytime. It's been absolutely wonderful to speak to you. Uh, just, you know, about anything at all. I think we could discuss pretty much the color of paint by now. Uh, and it's just the first time. But thank you so much, uh, the pair of you, for giving up your free time for this. Chat, thank you so much indeed uh, for watching today. Next week, it'll be on Gary's channel, and we're going to have the Soska sisters as uh, guests there. Uh, so we'll be uh, going through their body of work at the moment, and, of course, the upcoming Yaira uh, project for the Ripperverse. Back the Ripperverse as well while you're at it. And... Yeah, it's, it's mods. You, thank you so much indeed for giving up your free time. I appreciate you so much. Uh, everybody who super chatted, and again, if you didn't get your super chat read out, I will be reading it out on Afternoon Tea with Az on Sunday to give you the time that you uh, deserve. There was so much uh, conversation around vampires and horror yes, with the super chat. Let me just think of if there are any quick questions you want to forward to us from those, uh, we could, we could send over some quick answers too. So sure. Sure. If, if, if any comes through, I absolutely yeah. will. But I think, uh, I think I kind of crushed it, but you know, a bit proud of myself, you know, bit proud of myself for that. Yeah. Uh, but you have gone over the, uh, one hundred and eighty thousand pounds mark. There real money. Uh, the real which is the, which is <laughs> exactly which is real the proper money. way. Proper the way stuff Dracula was stockpiling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, what I well, yeah. What I will say quickly before we do go, I want to give some people a Loxor. He gifted uh, five memberships to the stream. Best name I can think of. Also gifted five memberships to the stream, as well as the uh, new members that came along. Thank you so much indeed we'll be back with some more stuff very soon so until then you take care bye for now bye bye